Welcome everybody to Mog Talk. Today is uh, July 10th, 2021. Uh, if you guys are unfamiliar with Mog Talk, Mog Talk is a show based around the Final Fantasy XIV community discussing everything from Savage Rating to Chuckabo Racing. And before we get too far into this, I do want to go ahead and introduce the guests so we're not just all sitting here awkwardly. Uh, I'm going to start with our new guest, Pyromancer. Could you please tell everybody who you are? Hello, my name is uh, my name is Pyromancer, and uh, I'm a historically a World of Warcraft streamer, YouTuber, kind of content creator, more heavily focused around lore and story-driven content. Um, I used to be a higher-end, cutting-edge mythic raider in World of Warcraft, so I have experience on both sides of the the fence, and that's what I do. So happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Very nice to meet you guys, and uh, hello, chat. Hey, everyone. It's great <laughs> to meet you too. Uh, Thanks. So. Because we're doing this, and I, I wanted to have someone who could uh, at least be at your level somewhat with Final Fantasy XIV. We're bringing on Moose here to help us with this discussion. Let's go tell, and... <laughs> tell everybody who you are, dude. I don't even know who I am anymore. Um, so let's see. Editor and content creator with Gamer Escape. Um, heavy into the lore. Just started talking about it back when Endgame was Coblins. I wanted to start a campfire to sit around and try to figure stuff out because it wasn't totally clear back in the day. And somehow that just ended up here i started writing summaries answering questions doing interviews i edited a lore book once really i'm just going wherever this journey takes me and today that's here <laughs> I, yeah i i love relying on you too man uh used to be i just got ethos on here but he's often doing whatever the hell he's doing and so now we... yeah, he's got some exciting ventures going on yeah. and i gotta catch up on him yeah for sure for sure uh but today's show we wanted to talk about the new player experience we have a lot of people coming into the game um for the first time and seeing the final fantasy 14 story for the first time and it's it has a lot of debate and discussion something people say one thing about it where they're like oh just get through it and everything else uh but that's not i feel like that's a little unfair so we wanted to kind of have a, a good conversation on how new players feel when they come into the game and who else better to talk about it than someone who knows about the lore very well in Final Fantasy XIV and someone who has experienced it in other MMOs and coming and experienced it for the first time here, which would be Pyro. Uh, and so kind of start this off, I, I want to ask Pyro here. Um, so everybody knows, what's, what's your real history when it comes to WoW story and its lore and everything else? Uh, so when it comes to WoW, I'm kind of known as one of the kind of like theory crafting, lore crafting people for World of Warcraft. And it's, it's something that I kind of, um, kind of started on my YouTube channel and some of my kind of like colleagues and peers, if you would call them, started to get more into it as well. And it kind of exploded as this kind of, um, like new meta of, of YouTube content for, um, for World of Warcraft. And Looking back for me, I started getting into the lore seriously in uh, Legion, which, as I told you, isn't that long ago. I mean, now it's it's about five years, um, five years, five and a half years since I got into it. And uh, and I've just kind of been following it very, very closely, very intricately from there. I have a ton of lore books, as you can see behind me, the comic series for World of Warcraft, the Chronicle books, all of that stuff. Uh, so yeah. that's kind of... That's kind of my history with it. That's kind of that's kind of my thing. Yeah, you look like a pro when it comes to WoW and following its story with your background. Moose looks like he's just kind of just kind of there. Looks can be yep. deceiving. <laughs> so just because you can't see like my massive folders full of like spreadsheets and transcripts and like I can't hang those behind me. They look boring. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> and I'm. I'd be lying if I told you that every piece of literature behind me has been read front to back. That's it's not, <laughs> it's not the case. 
it's not the case. It's a lot of it's a lot of writing. <laughs> so uh, yeah, it's yeah. Okay, okay, fair enough. Uh, I do want to go ahead and make sure everybody knows where you are with the Final Fantasy story because we're not going to like go past that. We're going to stay within that realm, and we're, we're more concerned about how players are introduced to the story in the game than kind of going into the whole in-depth story that's currently in place for Final Fantasy XIV. So where where are you currently, Pyro? Uh, so I have completed MSQ 2.0 content. Um, so I did get the first um, endgame roll credits, uh, mm -hmm. which were quite something yeah uh, I'll, I'll say um and then i've uh, my most recent feat is we did uh i did my first extreme which was obviously extreme ultimate weapon we did minai level no echo and that was the most fun i've had on the game so far hands down so uh an actual challenge was nice <laughs> um yeah oh, so that's okay. kind of where i'm at story wise i'm getting into the into um arr patch content now so that's that's where i'm at uh okay and I've, you know, I've I've heard the name Zodiac. I've seen the big dark spooky crystal of Medhydalin. Obviously, I've seen the whole Thancred, Asian thing. So uh, mm -hmm. that's where I'm at. That's where I'm at currently. Okay, cool. I mean, there, there's a lot for you to absorb afterwards. Um, and it's I'm excited to see that journey. Maybe one day I'll, I'll be able to catch you at another opportune time, and when you're completely sure. done with the story, and we'll have a that very large discussion there. Uh, that may happen. <laughs> <laughs> it may happen. Um, how how well have you avoided spoilers overall in the game? Because I mean, when you get in there, it's it's kind of difficult sometimes to avoid it. Chat can say things and go on, but how's it been? For um, you? In the game, I haven't had any issues. Um, I thankfully am a small enough creator that I don't have to deal with the shit that like Asmongold would deal <laughs> with when he first logs in. So I don't know people spamming chat. I don't know people. Sp spamming things in front of me um as far as chat goes in twitch like that's definitely where most of the spoilers come from thankfully nothing major honestly like i think honestly from what i've witnessed a lot of the spoiling isn't malicious it's at all like a lot of it's not even intentional a lot of it is just people that really love the universe and they're they're excited to see what i'm gonna see and most of the time when spoilers come in it's in in the uh structure something along the lines of has pyro done blank 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 yet and it's like no i haven't but now <laughs> i know about coils of bahamut like thanks i didn't yeah. know that i was gonna have a bahamut quest line and now i know as yeah. a new player it might not be a spoiler to you but right. it is a spoiler to me so yeah. uh overall it's actually been really good i have a, a couple really solid mods who are good at catching that stuff and Chat mostly just tries to smile away the spoilers, and usually it works. Okay, so. yeah, yeah. Uh, so it's, chat, it's not been too much. Uh, stay on top of that and smile away the spoilers if you can too. And I know we got a couple of cool people in here who can help us mod it if it got too bad. But uh, Pyro's not like chat anyways. I'd recommend just using like the acronyms, like because we use them in the game where you just like kind of abbreviate it to three or four letters. Like I can barely remember what those mean in the game, so they're probably not going to spoil True. him. But like those are those are your probable two main sources of spoilers are going to be like people excited to see where you have it haven't been, and then memes because like there are so many memes that are just like up to date, like two month old stuff, and people are already memeing all over it. So like those are the two main places yeah. it's going to hit you. I think. I've noticed yeah. a couple memes here or there, <laughs> yeah. but uh, yeah, I, th I think uh, like abbreviating and, and things like that uh, would be great. Uh, you know, like when people ask, has he done coils? Has he done coils? I'm like, I don't know what that is, except for that it's a raid. I have no other 
or whatever, if that's what it is. Like, I have no other context. But as soon as you add, like, of Bahamut, like, now you've added a lot of context to it, and that's right. where it turns into a spoiler. So, yeah. yeah. Like, okay. this, I don't know, this is such devastation. <laughs> if, you, if you do enough, if you do enough uh, roulettes, that one's going to become, like, it was a line in Praetorium, which hey, is a dungeon loose, you have hey, done. Huh? Yeah, okay, don't, no, I've done pra I did Praetorium. Oh, you did Praetorium. Okay, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. that's part of the 2.0. I can't remember anymore. That's why I got Moose here. That's why I got Moose here. Sorry, sorry. Yeah, it's one of the, such devastation. Yeah, such devastation was not my intention. And, like, they just, they may, if if you do roulettes um you have to watch all the cutscenes in that dungeon so that because they used to like pressure new players into skipping all the cutscenes and watching them on youtube or watching them in, in room and square annex was like no no so Thank God, they make dude, you I watch all that. those cutscenes and you're gonna you're gonna hear such devastation this was not my intention like 500 times if you're trying <laughs> to grind tombstones so it's never gonna yeah. leave your head yeah yeah and i i've I love some of the memes, dude. Like the Prey Return of the Waking Sands. When, like, when I first started, when I first like went back to the Waking Sands, and people are just spamming Prey Return in the chat. I was like, "What the fuck is going on? Like, what's happening?" And, and now, like, every time that I go there, I'm like, "I'm praying. I'm returning." <laughs> <laughs> so, like, I, I I definitely love the memes. Like, a lot of them are wholesome and funny, and and uh, like, I'm, I'm definitely open to embracing it. Yeah, I mean, I don't think we have anyone who is going to be doing like the the Harry Potter spoiling while running around saying you know famous lines of spoiling for that because that's yeah, Harry Potter dies. Yeah, Harry Potter dies. Right? They they don't run around and say that, uh, but yeah. they're going to. Yeah, everyone's just excited to see you play the game. They they want to see they want to see that experience. They they love it. They they remember it the the scenes in their head as being like really big moments for them, and they're excited to see what happens when you see that so it, it makes yeah. sense and people just don't have they, they don't Bill's know was... right <laughs> they don't know they're what they're saying i think that's and that's what it boils down to like as as the the one who will you know kind of expose themselves to the potential for spoilers through streaming like you just kind of have to realize the intent of people and like yeah. understand that like sometimes it's it's pretty obvious to tell when someone's trying to spoil you to be a jerk and i really feel like 95% of the time that's not the case it's really yeah. just someone excited someone passionate and didn't didn't realize the the implication of what they were saying and and so it's all good i think for me the most frustrating thing is is when you i've had some people try to argue with me what is and isn't a spoiler and it's like <laughs> if i haven't seen it if i haven't literally seen an npc say it been sent there by a quest or or mentioned it myself it's a spoiler so like sure. you don't you just don't talk about it yeah. so that's the only thing but it's been good it's been good it's really not been that an issue at all yeah so. and i'm assuming you've watched like the the trailers for expansions and stuff right uh no no oh, really? i won't no that's awesome uh, no i've seen i mean I saw obviously um, a Rum Reborn cinematic when you start the right. game, but I saw it way before that years ago. Mm -hmm. um, and then I did see, I saw uh, the Shadowbringers one. So I know what's going to happen with that to an extent. I don't understand the context or the story behind it. I just know that there's a really menacing looking angel that the person fights. And that's pretty much what I know. Okay. Yeah. I mean, so. that's what the trailer was portraying. So yeah, no. Um, and so it's good. It's, uh, it's actually, I, I expect everybody who's coming into the game has seen the, seen the Inwalker trailer. Uh, and the problem with these trailers, of course, is that they show you stuff and you're like, okay, well, this is going to be in this expansion. So you already have a little bit of headway before you even see 
or get to that yep. part, part in the story. So uh, that's good. Mm-hmm. I, I will keep my yeah, mouth quiet about that it. too. Yeah. <laughs> Yep, not doing it. I haven't seen Heaven's Ward. I haven't seen Stormbringer. I haven't seen any of that. So, thanks. <laughs> no, that's good. But that's yeah. Good, that's good. Um, and then, right. and go ahead. I was gonna say, like I told you, I I did do some research for the purpose of backing up something that I was saying in in regards to a World of Warcraft theory, mm-hmm. uh, thematically how Shadowbringers kind of tackled light and darkness. Um, at least the way that it's I've interpreted it. Uh, so I've seen some things towards the end game of it, but I can't, like I told you, I can't remember anything. Like, yeah. I can't actually, I can see images in my head, but I can't remember what the fuck any of it means. Good. So. Don't don't even worry about trying to remember it. Uh, <laughs> I wanted to ask you a little bit about uh, your current feelings with just as a nice little side conversation with uh, WoW storyline. Because when I was, man, I used to be into WoW story. I used to... When I, of course, when you first start, I think back in classic when you played vanilla in the in the first days, uh, I, I you know I got into it. I didn't care about the story. I knew about a guy and his wife died in an orc tent. And I had to go talk to, uh, you know, and there's like a handful of things in the story. But then it started to get kind of interesting. I think towards like Wrath of the Lich King and Burning Crusade and all that stuff. But at the beginning, it was just new player experience with the story wasn't really great for me. Uh, I don't know right. if you you feel feel differently about that uh for wow specifically or are you asking the new wow, player experience wow. for final fantasy yeah. Wow, uh yeah. well so they've kind of revamped it now where they have a new thing um uh called i think it's called exiles reach and it's like a new um uh, starting zone experience that uh frankly i haven't done because okay. i haven't been interested in making a new character for the last two expansions uh with that being said um i heard it's really good I heard that it is really good. For what reasons? Honestly, I don't really understand because it sounds like you're kind of on this foreign island with um, ogres and you fight a dragon or something. So, like the the as Asmongold mentioned in his video talking about it, compared to uh, Final Fantasy, the kind of power creep there happens kind of early as far as visually. Like you're fighting a dragon in your starting experience, and you know, I mean, mm-hmm. it's like RuneScape has done that in the past, so it's not yeah. like the most off the wall thing, but like. As far as, like, outside of that, they also restructured the leveling sequences so you can level through 1 to 60 in any of the expansions. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we'll come back to that. Um, sure, sure, sure. Because as far as, like, story integrity, what does that mean for, like, a new player? Like, like I don't know. I, I, that rubs me I the mean, wrong way because you can start wherever you want and go wherever you want. So there's no continuity in the story for a new player. It's actually fucking god awful. It's, it's actually it's actually fucking terrible. Uh, I mean, and if it, it, yeah, no, I was just gonna say that's a really really good important point because both of these games. I mean, of course, WoW's been out much longer uh, at right. this point. <laughs> but you right. know, when we're we're talking about what you do with the future of the story and how do you make it a playable experience for new players coming in. And what WoW is doing is they make it not really a, a big deal, right? I guess you just get to experience some part of the story and then you hit max level and whatever is at the end, you experience that with everyone else, right? That is that is absolutely the case. So like, let's say if you were to roll like a, an orc for some reason, you know, whatever, you know, because that's what you want to play. Yeah. Um, excuse me. And you experience the the storylines in Durotar and in the Northern Barrens. It has literally fuck all to do with 
anything that's been relevant in the last like seven years, eight years. So a lot of the content that you're doing is like, it's not linked to in any significant kind of way, the content that you would be doing later on. And the issue that arises with that is unlike in Final Fantasy, where you have an initial world building and a, and a, and a primary plot that you're following, World of Warcraft is much more, it's much more segmented into different areas around the world. Like as a night elf, you're going to learn things about the night elf society and about Ilun, who's the moon goddess of the night in World of Warcraft. And you're going to mm -hmm. learn about um, all these different things. But as a blood elf player, you're not going to learn any of that. So you lose so much by how segmented and fragmented the game is. Um, so yeah, it's, well, I mean... it's in my opinion, it's not... That's part of why there's such a large quantity of players who don't understand the storyline like point to point because there's just so much shit that exists between point A and point B that it's way too much to, to digest. And frankly, most of it, uh, not most of it, a lot of the most, more significant parts of it aren't in the game. They're in books. Mm. So, I mean, uh, I it's used overwhelming. to... You know, absolutely. I mean, it used to be really overwhelming for me too. Uh, when I back in the day and how it was structured before, and my, my memory of how it was structured before they changed it to this new system, is that you pick the race and then you play through the beginning of that race's little story. Then you join the main horde story or the main alliance story in some way, right? And uh, then yes. And if you're playing Alliance, you kind of get a different story of Horde. And that, that was just own way of storytelling, right? You, you kind mm -hmm. of, you're on your side and you're learning that story. And that was interesting. Uh, but I'm guessing it's not even comparable with the new system. Um, well, the, the Horde and the Alliance thing, <laughs> that's another topic in and of itself. Because I think <laughs> okay. it, should be it should be deprecated. Like, I honestly think that that should be, that should be gone. Like, there's okay. been so many times where we've united to fight the greater good, like for the greater good. Like we literally just united the remaining champions of the factions to fight death. Like what the fuck <laughs> to literally fight death itself. Like how, 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 how are you going to be enemies? Like when you come together and, and fight that type of shit, like how are we going to go back to our sides? And that is, that is a good point. Like uh, historically mm -hmm. playing in the factions, like you would get completely, uh, completely different, uh, experiences and points of views for different events based on what faction you were playing. And it's, it, it, again, it sucks because that's cool for your faction and that storyline and what that, ex what that means, but you can't, you're missing crucial information to the whole context of the situation. And it leaves a lot of players feeling a sense of, uh, as though they don't understand certain characters' actions. They don't understand the, the little things that happen on either side. And, and so a lot a lot of value is lost there and that's why i i think that um final fantasy's approach and and honestly most other mmos approaches where you're not faction bound and you can experience the story the same way regardless of who you are or where you're coming from or what race you are right i think that that is a thing that wow does not have and i i think it's extremely detrimental to to the story okay uh i mean going back to final fantasy i just want to get some insight on kind of wild side of this because of course we're going to compare stuff why 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 wouldn't we right yeah. uh but coming back to final fantasy 14 um it is all one funneled story there there is there is like you know kind of a separation 
but it, it comes down to one story that you're following. Um, and it's refreshing in a way, I guess, coming from that experience, because you're not trying to... I mean, you can ask Moose, there's probably lots of different pieces that you can try to put together uh, to make the whole lore and story and world of Final Fantasy fourteen. But everybody is on the same path, and they can all be on the same page with everything. Um, have, so, I think there's a... There's a mechanic. I think there's a mechanical thing in play here too, because WoW had kind of the the incentivized thing going on where they wanted people to play different races, different classes, and like really make lots of characters. I think, whereas in fourteen, one of their selling points was you can do it all on one character. So they took a bit of the the Skyrim approach where you all start in the same place, but you can become kind of whatever you want, but all of that's in one character and anyone can experience it. So the only thing we really lose out on here is the city stories where if you, you know, you don't, you know, if you start in Gridania, you don't learn as much about Uldah. And even that's been toned down drastically in a realm reborn right. compared to what it was in 1.0. Yeah. Yeah. They're in world of Warcraft. Like <clears throat> I, I, first off, I, that's one of the things that I love the most about final fantasy is my character is everything. And that's honestly part of why I like, um, and I've, I've played RuneScape for like 20 fucking years too. So uh, I've, I've been playing RuneScape forever. And that's one of the things that I love about that game too, is I'm not bound by my initial decision that's gonna dictate literally the way that I can interact and play with the game because I have the freedom to do any combat style at any time that I want. Mm -hmm. And I have to train those things independently of one another but when I put in the time and I make it all come together, my character ends up being anything I want whenever I want. And that's fucking amazing. Mm -hmm. I mean, having to re-level a character for the fourth time because you want to be able to use daggers instead of a staff sucks. And mm -hmm. especially with all, the, all of the system integrations that they've had over the years in World of Warcraft, you kind of start to find yourself like running into the wall of this is quite literally exactly the same thing uh that i did before uh mm -hmm. but i'm being forced to repeat all this 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 kind of like gatekeeping content because i want to play a different style of attack and and that's just like fuck man i just really yeah. wish i had the flexibility to, to for that for that to not be the case so yeah. I, that, I, that is something I'm... i really like Every time someone brings up RuneScape, I automatically think of my old days when I played its counterpart. The 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 cheap uh, competitor Tibia is the one that I played, uh, which was way worse than RuneScape. I tried to play RuneScape. I was like, oh, this is for people who have better computers, I guess, because of how bad Tibia was. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I'm trying to remember my days of RuneScape. It, it just throws you in there. It just says, all right, good luck. Yeah. Here's the world. and. Dude, you get tutorial island you're in there for like 20 minutes yeah they throw you in a lumbridge and it's yeah. like the world is yours like do what you and, and like there's still like there's still incremental yeah. rewards and things you have to you know quests to do another quest so there's still storylines and stuff that exist in that aspect but kind of kind of throwing you in there is definitely what runescape does um yeah. to, real quick to to sure. backtrack a little bit to what moose said uh mm -hmm. you mentioned kind of the how the story elements uh can are are loosely tied in for like the different cities, obviously, depending on what you pick when you start. And I think that um, that's, honestly, as a new player, that's fine. Like, learning about where like where I'm from and, and the, or not where I'm from, but where, where I'm from, pseudo from, Limsa, Liminsa in this case. Uh, right, like choice. That's, that's, yeah, that's what I'm told. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. uh, like, you know, that's, that's cool. I, I think in WoW, it takes it a, a, another step further, honestly, because in the actual game's universe, there's actually not a lot of like um, city history, which is funny. 
uh, like there's been revamps to cities like Stormwind and Orgrimmar, but there's not um, there's not like a as far as I'm aware anyway, there's not like a historian or anyone that you can go to to learn about the development of your cities or any of those kinds of things. Uh, so the detachment from the actual homeland is 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 a real thing for some players in World of Warcraft, and I think where where WoW did it did did it well, but also did it wrong. Uh, a good example of that would be honestly two recent systems, one of which would be the artifact weapons from uh, Legion, and the current one would be the Covenant system in Shadowlands, where basically you make a choice depending on your class or depending on. Um, your personal alignments and beliefs for a certain artifact weapon for a certain class, which is like your relic weapons or um, a certain covenant. And, and you get the story as a part of those covenants. But if you're not part of that covenant, you don't get, you don't get that. You don't get any of that. Actually, there's parts of it where they intermingle a little bit and cross over and, and you'll get the same cinematic at the end of the campaign that someone else got in this uh, but slightly different and in a, like a different covenant but you lose so much by making those decisions uh blizzard is all about making meaningful decisions but when you're making meaningful decisions that are kind of blinding you to the other story content right. surrounding it and you have to make another fucking character to experience it it's just exhausting yeah. like there's there's there were there were custom unique quest lines for every single artifact weapon in Legion, there was like 36 of them. And if you didn't play every single spec, you didn't get that. There's no way that someone like me, as a player, could actually gather all of that information in any reasonable amount of time. And mm. so, since there's no way, there's no condensed knowledge base, there's no, there's no, nothing to refer to outside of doing it directly, a lot of shit is lost. A lot of stuff. <laughs> Yeah, not to drag like an entire other franchise into this, but I'm um, like the way you're talking about it reminds me of how much I appreciated um, the way Dragon Age approached it in a way because you get all of the information, but you still get to make choices. And while the choices don't necessarily matter so much in terms of changing the gameplay perspective, they help build this sense of identity that you've made meaningful choices without taking away anything from you, without locking it behind another run, without locking it behind another character. Um, and it, it does sound a little frustrating to have to like refer to outside sources just to find, you know, a story you might've liked. Yeah. Yeah. And, and the outside sources are, are probably for wow. Honestly, it's probably wow's biggest story issue. There's far too much, far too much content that exists in those books. It is fucking stupid. Just one of the wars in the game called the War of the Ancients is three books over there that are 350 pages of Oh my piece. God. It's over a thousand pages of literature. How it's do just, you expect people to read that? Like, that's a, it's not even them. the same approach as the lore no. books that we have. Like the lore yeah. books that we have in 14 are like everything in the game has what's called like a backend PR blurb. Like there's just like a paragraph about what it is, uh, whether mm -hmm. it's like a city, a person, a character, a war, a weapon, an outfit, like everything just kind of has a PR blurb so that when you're referencing it, you can look it up and be like, oh, okay, yeah, that's what it is. So what they do when they make the lore book, they grab all of those blurbs and they just kind of organize and flesh them out and then connect them all together in a, in a pleasing way. But it's all stuff that exists in the game at some point, aside from maybe 10% of it. Yeah, that's that's the problem. And and the thing is, in, in WoW, they have they have very character driven storylines. So, for instance, like the game has revolved around Sylvanas Windrunner essentially for the last like two expansions. And there are details 
in one of the books, um, I was talking about this on my stream yesterday, in one of the books called Before the Storm, it came out in the last patch of the Legion expansion. And in the book, it talks about, or came out before Battle for Azeroth did, so after the last patch. It, in the book, it talks about uh, Sylvanas holding this material that is essentially the blood essence of the world that you live in, which apparently houses a titan, which is essentially this like godlike astral being that she's apparently like the most powerful titan that's ever been known. And she's literally holding this essence. And in the book, it talks about how in that moment she felt not like a queen, not like a banshee or anything like that. She felt like a goddess of creation and destruction. And she'd never realized how deeply those two forces were intertwined. Azerite is a fundamental resource that existed in Battle for Azeroth that was used for almost everything in the expansion. So the essence of our very world that is now bleeding out onto the surface is symbolically creation and destruction per, like made manifest. That exists absolutely fucking nowhere. <laughs> nowhere. It, I'm not joking. It exists nowhere except in the line in the book. What the fuck? That's like, that's huge. Like to, to find out that the goddess in the world that you live on is potentially like the creator and the destroyer. Like that's huge, but yeah. it's in a book and nobody knows. <laughs> so, so people look back on the plot line and they see like, oh, the A, A, X, Y, and Z happened, but they don't realize that W over there was like a really big deal and they're <laughs> never going to see it because it's not in the game. It's that would so drive stupid. me crazy. Like I, I, I'm someone who loves extra lore. Like if I could just go out and read other stories that weren't in the game and get all sorts of cool information, that's great. But not when it comes at the expense of properly understanding in context, what is in the game I played. Thank you. That's the problem with WoW. Like, there's too, there's far too much contextualization and personification and internalized dialogue that exists in these books. Like, you get to you get to read how Sylvanas thinks, and in the game, you don't get any of that. You just get her doing devilish, mustache twirling, evil shit because we don't have any of her motives. It, none of it's explored. It's it's a it's a complete. It's a complete joke. And then you get to the end where Sylvanas has this very recently, like literally the newest content, okay. this huge moment where like her very being is altered by death and people can't even relate or, or have sympathy or have any type of connection with this character because Blizzard didn't do diligence to build the character's relatability in any capacity in the game universe. I want so I want bad. I want to see you come back to this description when you finish Shadowbringers. Um, because, like, I think if you listen to this and try to imagine what it would be like if Shadowbringers was a book instead of an expansion, it would be exactly the same problem. And they dodged it here. There are certain factions late in the game that finally get kind of exposition characterization context and a lot of fleshing out like that, that they just hadn't invested that in before. But it's in the game. It's not in a book. So, like, yeah. I think if you return to this, like, you know, when you finished all that and we're just, like, imagining what it would be like for this to happen to Sylvanas instead, I think that would be an interesting conversation. And you know what, dude? You know what the next World of Warcraft novel is called? What, what is it called? Syl Sylvanas. <laughs> and it's coming out early next year. So now we get to read a book about all the internal happenings about Sylvanas throughout the expansion, and none of it will be in the game. <laughs> it's going to be great. So... 
I, I will say Final Fantasy does have some things Me. like that, but it's so mild. I think they, they post on their Lodestone, the main webpage, they, they have short stories that are like really quick, easy reads that you can just read every once in a while that they post up there. And they're crucial. I mean, if you really want to get into it, I think they're pretty crucial to read. Wouldn't you say so, Moose? Which ones? I don't know. Any of the short stories? I mean, I would say yes. Um, they release them kind of in batches every every the rising, um, like the the anniversary of the game, and I don't like. I'm trying to think of the word like I would use. Like you can understand properly without them, but a little like that, you get a little context, a little framing that you're just okay. able to be like, okay, I can see where they were coming from a little clearer. And I think it's they did it because they realized that people really latched onto an idea that they didn't think to fully flesh out, and they're like, here's our chance. I gotcha. And I gotcha. that kind of exists in WoW in an, uh, in an aspect as well. Like if you go to the World of Warcraft website, they do actually have a story section. It's probably the most neglected part of the World of Warcraft website. Hmm. Um, it's actually right next to the shop. And um, oh, wait, no, it's not. Did they move it? Oh, they put it under the game tab. Okay. So you can go in here and there's short stories. There's um, 4, 8, 12, 16, 18, uh, no, wait, 4, 8, 12, 16, 20, 24, 28. 32, 36, there's 38 short stories. Okay. And uh, and some of them are like what you're describing, where it's like a little bit of bonus content, just a little bit in there. Mm -hmm. And then some of these are like, why in the actual fuck is this just a random short story on a page on your website? What in the hell is this? Like some of these are are huge, hugely relevant. And mm -hmm. what's what's difficult about WoW, is they've always had, um, historically anyway, uh, give me one second. Sure. They've, uh, they've had, um, since 2015 anyway, this is Chronicle Volume 1, they've okay. had a cosmic outline for how the cosmic forces in World of Warcraft work, and it's all been described via this chart, right? So this probably looks mm -hmm. familiar to, like, the etheric map or whatever for um, Final Fantasy. Mm -hmm. And in here, you have, like, you have like primordial forces of like light, shadow, order, disorder, life and death, right? You have spirit, fire, earth, decay, air, water. Mm -hmm. And then you have entities that are aligned with different types of powers. And then you have earth and reality, not earth, but uh, reality and Azeroth in the center. The problem mm -hmm. is, is that now we've reached a point, even though this has been present in all three novels, even the most recent one, which released in 2018 or 2019, mm -hmm. the third volume, in all of these books, this is your Encyclopedia Eorzea. This is what this is. And mm. the problem is, now, it's changing. And now, they're introducing other <laughs> perspectives of the cosmic forces so that they can make, so they can make retcons to their work. Because mm. it, was pretty, it was pretty rigid originally. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's fucked up because I dissected this chart many times in videos and pointed out flaws in it and reasons why it didn't make any sense. I have completely dissected these Chronicle books and for years have been pointing out how things that, that are said in these books, the continuity does not align um, uh, does not align to what's seen in the game universe. It does not align with things that are said in short stories. And my belief, because I always wanted to give Blizzard the benefit of the doubt, was what they're doing is they're doing subtle hinting especially with Chronicle. It's it's intentionally deceptive because it's going to be leveraged as a way to give you a twist later on is what they're doing. It's very, very, very long-term investment. And I and 
uh, at BlizzCon 2019. Um, it was said on stage by the lead narrative designer of World of Warcraft. He says on stage, uh, Chronicle um, is is a history, and like all histories, you know, there's uh, there's a perspective, right? And he he says to the crowd, uh, for Chronicle, you know, like whose perspective would that have been from? And you can see it on the, you can hear it on the live stream. I shout from the crowd. I was like, the Titans. And he goes, yeah, the Titans <laughs> and those who, who work for the Titans and yada, yada, yada. So then he goes on to explain that the book is full of perspectives and is not a end all be all a book. So then it kind of turns into what you said earlier, Moose, where you're like, well, why would I buy this book? That's got a bunch of shit in it. That's not true. And that's the, that's why I got so invested in this universe is because I that's what I did as I took your um, your line of sight on it. And I went, if that's the case, then we can find it. It's it's in here then. And, I, and there's already things that I've identified that are in here. But it's just so unfortunate that so much of the integrity of the story and, and nuance of the story exists outside of the game that most people can't even, they'll never get their hands on this. They'll never delve into this. And so uh, the complexity of the Warcraft story is... It's 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 too much for the average person to digest because there's just too much that exists in the background. I do want to ask this question because if I remember right, there's a lot of different authors for the story of Final or not Final. Sorry, Wow. There's a lot of different authors yeah. for Wow. Uh, so yep. it could be a lot of different things mixed up. I'm not really sure how all that works. If they have one big mastermind that's kind of directing them when they write it, or they're just like, "Hey, write it, and we'll accept it as story later on." Um, I don't I know think if you know the. I think that um, some of the big guys who are now gone were probably the ones who really handled the reins on where the story direction was going to go. Because in World of Warcraft, since the very beginning, the the conflict has literally always been between the Titan pantheon of gods, of which there are six, and Sargeras, the one who turned against them because he was trying to cleanse the universe of an infection that he believed was only curable by flames turns out as the story has progressed he might not necessarily be incorrect in that regard but um now they've started to add on like more and more layers of complexity they're adding in entities that have never been mentioned they're not they have no uh integrity to the to the canon story so far they've added they've added in hints to like a clockmaker that's like at the very top of the totem pole and then there's these first ones which are like universe constructing entities and then there's like the titans and the internal eternal ones which we did and, and it's just w what they've done is they've they've kind of sacrificed that original i think anyway that original story beat that uh chris metzen really uh mm -hmm. was the the main proponent of and they've tried to expand it up into something that it's not and and the shitty part about that is and some people say that i'm full of shit for saying this but i think the shitty part is I could have probably written their story to an end and had it be satisfying without having to introduce four more layers of entities. It just doesn't need to be there. And so for, for people like me that were heavily invested in everything that we've known up until this point, now they start dropping all this bullshit on you and you're like, okay, dude, like, like the yeah. Lich King's been around since Warcraft 3, but now you're telling me that there's been a hidden entity known as the Jailer locked in the Shadowlands for aeons that's existed behind that entity and there's all this all these nuanced story things that come as a part of that and it, you just i'm supposed to just accept that now because mm -hmm. you say that that's what's been happening yeah so 
I'm curious um, if you have the same reaction to it that I do when stuff like that comes up, which is like where you have all of these deep possibilities from a long time ago that you could use to make kind of a coherent overarching story where there's lots of connections. And instead what they do is they choose to bring you out of that by trying to be like new and fresh, but instead just reminding you, we wrote this two weeks ago, that this yep. doesn't actually connect. Like that feeling, it, that feeling kind of draws me out of the game where you really just notice we just wrote this. Yeah, it's not part of it. Like that's that part draws me out of it. Even when it connects, even when it's good, it still draws me out of it in you a way can I still find to ruin it. my satisfaction. Right. Yep. It's it's definitely something you can feel. And I, I think I think that's very relatable to me of like, God, there's such a there's such a beautiful thing that exists here in your hands that like if you just shaped it the right way it could be incredible and you don't need all the extra resources and development and storyboard time to sit you just don't need it and i know that that's just one guy's opinion but it's it's showing in viewer engagement and in game and uh game engagement that the average person that does care about the story is not interested in this hyper cosmic level of storytelling we don't need to, like, we don't need another layer of gods that designed the universe. We could have just literally said the Titans did that. We, that's the way it's written in in, in Chronicle right. to an extent. Like, we, we just we just don't need it. And so, right. um, yeah, I I definitely can relate to that. Where there's there's so much that exists, so much that could be expanded upon, but for some reason we're trying to find new horizons, and they're not bright. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, the power creep the... thing is a big deal, uh, and you have to be able to write with because we've had this conversation, Moose, uh, before, where like y you don't need like the super. Was it Dragon Ball Z where you're just going one layer above, one layer right. above, and you're just like going over and over? If you do it well, you don't need to do that. And um, right. Moose, you were saying something. Sorry. No, no, I was I was just reaching for this idea that like. Um... Again, like look, if we looked back on this someday when you had completed the story, I'd be interested to see some of your perspectives on it because 14 takes a very different route. They like when they write new stories, they like to look back at the old stories and think, what can we use here? And we start to see kind of the same phenomenon, but from a different perspective. Like we start to see that. I know you wrote this two weeks ago because when we first heard about that, it was six years ago and you didn't know anything about it. And then four years ago is the thing that came up that you're now using as the, the connection between the two. So like you can tell that you just wrote it, but at the same time, you're just like, take your upvote and get out. Like <laughs> at least there's a, an abridged, at least in the, in some cases there, there's an abridgment though. Like a lot of times what happened, like in wow, for instance, like the Lich King, you know, mm -hmm. as far as we've ever known, the Legion was responsible for the creation of the Lich King. And the Lich, do you know the you know the Lich King? I mean, I'm everyone. I know, like I've know read the, the art, I've read the Wiki okay. Wiki article for the <laughs> for it, but I don't understand it terribly deeply. Sure. That's okay. Basically, there's like an enchanted helmet, enchanted sword. Apparently, this so this helmet was crafted by these terrible demons called Dreadlords, and they found this um, unsuspecting paladin on Azeroth who they were going to manipulate into becoming the Dark Lord of the Dead, and it worked. Okay, like classic fantasy story trope. You take the shining beacon of hope and he falls to darkness and makes bad decisions and you vanquish him and you get your retribution. Mm -hmm. um, but that was that's really what uh, Warcraft uh, Warcraft three uh, was was back telling the story of how the Legion infiltrated the, the, hu the humans and how they were campaigning across Azeroth and other worlds. Well, now it turns out that the helmet was linked to another entity known as Zoval or the Jailer for short, or not really for short, but as his as uh, what he's more commonly known by. Mm -hmm. um, and apparently that that helmet was linked to the consciousness and influence of this other guy. 
uh, well, the Warcraft three, uh, Warcraft Frozen Throne shit is 15 years old. So what you do is you tell this story about how the Legion was responsible and all this stuff with the, the, the Lich King. And you have this conquest that leads to Sylvanas becoming this Banshee character because of what the Lich King does to her. Like, this is one of the biggest characters in the history of WoW. And then in the newest expansion, they write in, uh, they write in um, this character, this guy who's apparently been behind it the whole time. 15 you, years later, you try to do that. How do you duct tape a new story to something like that without diminishing the original journey? You don't. You don't. <laughs> don't that's, yeah. that's, where, it, that's kind yeah. of a loaded question. I don't think there's another answer to that. You don't. Like, yeah. you, when you look back on kind of what that journey... Like, we're, humans are meaning-making machines, right? So if we look back on a journey we've been through, we've already made meaning of it. And there are mm -hmm. certain ways to reframe it that I think takes so much of it away from it that what do we even think about it like that anymore? Like, I know it's very useful for the for the developers to think like, great, now I've created this little fork off of our existing thing and I can write something new and it's not totally new. But at the same time, like, I feel like it sometimes disrespects the journey that we've been on and cheapens it. And I, that's, that's where my argument of the lack of integrity and continuity comes from. It's just for people that are like me that have become so invested, it just kind of feels like, it's disappointing and, and and to an like honestly to an ex to an extent it's like a, it's a little heartbreaking and i think that that's where a lot of my hurt personally for world of warcraft currently comes from is that i just um it's not about the game turning out the way that i want it to it's just if you're going to give me hints and you're going to put these things in your game that are clearly meant to meant to lead to a certain type of understanding or interpretation like you need to you need to respect that and you can't change that later because it makes people feel like, what the fuck did I believe in? Like, mm. what did knowing that even, it didn't make any difference. And that's a big problem that they've, that they've had with Sylvanas. That's why a lot of people are burnt out on the Warcraft storyline now is because this entire last expansion and a half, she's been serving the Jailer, who's, who's directly responsible for the Lich King, turning her into a Banshee, who's like this, she's basically like this, fractured soul like half um corporeal half incorporeal being and she's serving him the whole time she's serving she's serving she's serving she's carrying out his will she's abducting people she's killing people she's doing all this stuff and then at the end the very end when they're finally successful in their achievement and make no mistake in the world of warcraft uh storyline we just lost big for like the first time ever huge mm -hmm. loss like, there's no win to take away from this but anyway mm -hmm. uh she she turns to him and she's like i will never serve and it's like you've been did you forget the last eight months <laughs> did you forget the last expansion what all you've done is serve what do you mean now all of a sudden you're not gonna serve because he said the word serve and it triggered your ptsd and like what the like it's just mm -hmm. it's it's that's that's, that's part of what I mean with like character continuity. Like, what the fuck is that? No, you've been serving the whole time. Why are you going to turn against him now? Like, there's no other way you you could still get to the same endpoint and write the scenario differently, and just have her get her soul back differently. Like, it doesn't have to be her. It's just so stupid. It's just so stupid. So and it's so predictable. It's so predictable. I gotta I gotta say, my favorite shows that we do are the ones where I don't have to say shit. You guys are doing uh, great. <laughs> I'm so triggered right now, dude. I'm so fucking mad. It's just uh, it's. It's such a disrespect, dude. It's such a disrespect to the people that have followed Sylvanas over the last 15 years. 
It's such a disrespect to her character development. It's such a disrespect to people's like time and hype to get to this point and have that that's the result that we get. Like that's the that's the redemption that we get. Sylvanas Windrunner ever so resolute in her ineffable like journey to end the world all of a sudden decides she doesn't want to serve. It's just so it's so stupid. And this is also very fresh in your mind because it just happened recently. It literally just happened. This is the newest <laughs> content. It's yeah. the newest content. Uh, so I guess we can we can try to diverge it or, or try to like take the train back to the Final Fantasy XIV sure. side. Just maybe that's more positive note. Uh, sure, sure. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Sorry, I get, I'm so passionate no, about the it's game. Good. And, and it's, I, it's I, not been in a good story state for a while. It just sucks. That's why I have you here, man. I, 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 uh, I love it. Uh, so I, I do want to ask you, when you got into Final Fantasy XIV, uh, kind of having, you have all this wow kind of thoughts and all this craziness and criticism and all this stuff kind of in your head. Uh, going into Final Fantasy XIV, when did you start fourteen? by the way? Um, so I have, um, so I, I pretty much only play it on stream. I've only played it off stream like twice because I think it's uh, more fun to have other right. people there for the adventure. I'm mm -hmm. just going to look at my first uh, my first stream of it was on May 20th May 20th. and I currently yeah I currently have probably a hundred hours in the game so a month so and far. a half or so you yeah. so it's kind of fresh Final Fantasy 14 is still pretty fresh for you very yeah, yeah. definitely uh, so going into uh, the first part of the story can you tell me kind of your impression and how you kind of responded to how they were telling you that story going into Final Fantasy 14 for the first time yeah I mean I think um I think that it was the world building aspect of it is really good. Like, I think you very quickly dropping into Limsa Limsa, I think you very quickly get a sense of like, oh, this is the atmosphere. Like, these are the people I'm dealing with. They all they all speak this way. Like, they all have their little jar, they, their little jargon and their their uh, you know crazy um, naming conventions. All, yeah, the crate. Oh my god, like, the names <laughs> in this game are fucking. Uh, they're a totally different topic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but it, it was uh, it was good. Like I liked how they kind of went around and, and had me introduced to like the different aspects of the game that I could participate in. I liked um, I liked that I love the amount of cutscenes in the game. Like the the amount of cutscenes, although not all voiced, and I know that that gets better later on because mm -hmm. sometimes when it is voiced, yeah. um, but uh, like I thought it was I thought it was pretty good. Like it was it was linear in a way that was easy for me to follow. I think the way that they developed the primal threat early on was very nice. Like it gave me a very clear path of like, these are a fucking problem. And I don't really know, like at the time, I don't really know why they're a problem. I just know that they're big and they're dangerous and I need to check it out. And then as you get, as you build more into that and you start to learn about the Asians meddling in it and how they're kind of manipulating the, the empire to do what they want, um, to create chaos and spread darkness over the, over the world. Like, uh, the the building on top of it was in my opinion uh really well done uh mm. personally okay. uh, the individual characters are relatable um and some of them fun you know there's obviously some silly uh joke characters that exist in the game um and those are fun like the guy that you talk to when you're uh, getting ready to fight titan and he keeps referring to him as titus that was great <laughs> uh one of my favorite quests so far um mm. and and it doesn't seem the like Honestly, the biggest thing I watched, like I said, I watched Asmongold's video on his kind of like first thoughts yesterday. And he said something to me that kind of struck me as odd that I didn't even realize that I was like kind of responding to. He's super right, though, is in this game, when you come across like antagonists, 
it is so much more common for them to be like heard and understood and kind of like forgiven and given the opportunity to like do better in world of warcraft it's not like that you kill everybody <laughs> like you seriously like you kill everyone like if someone does the wrong thing you go and kill people you don't even know what they did you're just there to kill things because mm -hmm. someone sent you on a mission so in this game it's it's interesting at least initially because there's a lot more redemption that's on a realistic not corny level right. um and it and it and it, i think it causes a greater i think asman's right in what he said he said that he thinks that that rubs off on the player and it kind of gives you less of a vibe of like fucking kill or be killed and it's more of like well wait a second like do we even need to go that route like why are we here like what where did where was the miscommunication like where did where did this go wrong why did this this young boy you know he's trying to he's trying to help his people but he didn't realize that they'd be tempered if they summoned ifrit like you know it's yeah it's 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 good at the core and in world of warcraft even if it's good at the core a lot of people die anyway so <laughs> yeah uh and i think that's that's kind of a little bit on how the the people who are making the story, that's just their kind of emotions and feelings, and they want to put this across uh, to all the players and make sure that this they, that's what they th feel is right, and that's how the story should go. Uh, and they give some pretty interesting perspectives. Moose, do you have uh, any thoughts on that? I had a couple, and now, like, the, the number one one that's on my mind is, like, if you like this idea of exploring kind of how our villains became villains and what our different perspectives are and what the resources are that we're competing for and whether we can't see eye to eye or whether we really just have to kill each other, I think... You're probably gonna like this game. Yeah, you're gonna There's like the game. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm yeah. excited because because WoW is like again, WoW is one of those things where you have the factions and we yeah. just can never get over it. We just won't it's it just will never happen. Which is funny because in the in the first novel of the of the graphic novels, uh there's a guy that actually watches over the world. He's called the Watcher. His name's mm -hmm. Algalon. And he says uh that he believes that the denizens of Azeroth are destined for war and that they're meant to be an eternal conflict and strife. Uh, it's just interesting, but anyway. Mm -hmm. uh, One yeah. of the things I love about this game is that like, there are some parts where it starts to make you feel like, you know, you question that idea, like, am I a weapon that's being aimed at things? Like, am I is that how people think yeah. of me? But then there are these other moments where you come around and it's just kind of like, okay, I understand you. I get you. You make some good points. Still got to die. And I really love those moments because there's such yeah. a diversity of people that I feel like the best way to describe it is everybody makes their own choices. And we get to see that decision making process and do something that's consistent with our values, no matter what they choose. And I really like that about this game. Yeah, yeah, they have they have a, a level of like emotional integrity and investment, which <laughs> which wow, um, that's what a lot of people struggle with with wow, like uh, people just kind of turn evil. And you know, a lot of the the path that happens there. Some of that's in books. Some of that's not elaborated <laughs> on very well at all. And it leads to kind of this empty feeling as well, where like you finally get to this dungeon boss who's responsible for killing Aloha, who was like a, a god of the wilderness or whatever. And you kill them and you're like, cool. That was kind of like empty. Like <laughs> it just, it feels, it does. It feels very empty. It just feels like, wow, I'm, I'm literally a murder machine. And there's, it's so fucked up because there's even characters in the game that say it to you that are like, your, your crimes are terrible, numberless, glorious. Like you're a murderer, you're a thief, you're a liar. And when you look back on a lot of the shit that you do in that game, they're not wrong. They're not wrong. In, in Warcraft, you are very commonly just a weapon. 
aimed at something else. And there's no questioning it. There's no moral compass. There's nothing. Everyone around you has their own like pseudo moral compass, which they may or may not uh, decide to stick to. You see that a lot in World of Warcraft where, where people make moral decisions that don't fit with their character alignment, frankly. And sometimes we do that, right? Like sometimes we as yep. individuals make choices that don't necessarily best illustrate our true intentions within ourselves. But it happens frequently enough in WoW that people just become detached and they're like, fuck it then. Like if this character can't be consistent, there's no level of, of like integrity or emotional connection. Wh why am I here? Why do I care about this character? I think Naoki Yoshida has been very, very careful about how he wants people to see the warrior of light because they're the warrior of light, right? Like you're looking back on, you know, years of Final Fantasy history and what it means to be a warrior of light. And he doesn't want to alienate people who resonate with that. Mm -hmm. So I think that there's a lot of times where he makes sure no matter what's going on, when we kill somebody, they drew their weapon first or they're a threat to someone we care about. And it's that doesn't mean that it was always the best idea to kill them. Sometimes we do come out of it feeling like a murderer, but we we were attacked first or we thought we were protecting something in almost every case. And and at least in that case, like if you to the point of thinking that you're protecting something, at least like there can potentially be a level of deception involved in that. Where like it, it like as long as, you know, I think it's 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 a dangerous uh, like conversation when you get into like, well, if your intentions were good, then then, you know, it's justified. You know, there's always a gray area that exists in that regard. But I think that, um, I think that, yeah, that is, that's kind of a nice thing in Final Fantasy that I've experienced so far, where there's been a couple times where I'm like, I'm like, yeesh, dude, like, I don't, I don't know if I should have done that. Like, that felt kind of wrong. And, and you'll sometimes get characters that kind of reflect that back to you mm -hmm. and kind of make you think about, should I have done that? And in WoW, that's, again, it's just, it's just, it's not a thing. There's there's not a lot of um, NPC induced uh, personal reflection. There's there's a general lack of empathy and emotional disconnect to characters, and that's why long term Blizzard will do certain things with their characters. That's going to get them in a lot of fucking heat because they yeah. don't they don't like what you were saying. Like you can just keep building onto it. You can keep building onto it, and sometimes that's not the right choice. That's yeah. just not not the right decision. So yeah, I'm glad yeah. that uh, Final Fantasy's uh, not like that. No, I mean, you know, we can always criticize Final Fantasy XIV's story after we start diving into it. I mean, Moose could probably, you know, we've had shows where we're like, okay, we're going to be critical about it. I mean, it's not going to be like 100% golden, perfect everything. Uh, because in the end, they are making a game and they have to add these game elements to it for it to be fun. I do think that maybe WoW is like really like, this is MMO game, everything else will throw the story in there maybe somehow, and then we'll pay a whole bunch of authors to try to make it all make sense. I don't know. That's my assumption in the background. Sometimes that is how it feels, man. Um, and it feels bad for the authors too because the... Yeah, dude. Anyway, finish what you're going to say. Sorry. No, no. I was going to say that Final Fantasy does that in some regard as well. They want cool things to happen, but I think they do a really good job bleeding it all together. I'm not sure how the decision-making goes with the raids and everything else. I know there's probably some communication between the story writers and the people developing the PvE content. Uh, but I don't know. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I don't know how that differs, uh, you know, with the team. Uh, I think Blizzard probably has a lot more employees. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe, maybe. I would think so. Probably. <laughs> Blizzard's kind of huge. Uh, feels like a safe assumption. Yeah. Yeah. I, Go ahead. You're, and sometimes like, you know, I think that that, that's a good point. You know, I think, um, I, there was a time where, uh, there was an interview with, I, th I think it was Ian has a um, 
who's the lead game designer of World of Warcraft. And I believe, I think it was him in an interview, he said, a lot of times when we go to design raid encounters and things of that nature, we actually stop in with the Lori and storyboard team because we want to make sure that the con continuity and, and integrity is there. And honestly, most of the time it is. Like, actually, a lot of the lore that you get in World of Warcraft actually comes from raids. Um, and I understand that Final Fantasy can be similar in some aspects. I'll see that as I progress, I suppose. Right. Um, and so a lot of it does uh, come from that. There's definitely like a team continuity there. However, sometimes that can actually be an issue because you start to get so many people on board. You have so many different designers working on so many different quests that have to have things aligned thematically. You know, like if someone's going to use a certain kind of magic the magic animation that they use should match it and the, the way in which that that magic is handled should be continuous regardless of the setting and so there's a lot of things that you have to balance and keep track of there and that's on a micro scale as soon as you get into the macro scale of primary storylines there's a lot of people involved there from the cinematic teams to the storyboard and writing teams including authors like christy golden who is the most recognized author for world of warcraft it's what mm -hmm. most of the books behind me are written written from and then you get the raid team, you get the encounter design team, you get the class design team, you get the the art team and the, the setting uh, and instance design team. That is so many different moving parts. Mm -hmm. I have to give it to Blizzard that for their raid encounters and dungeon encounters, the, it's actually really fucking good. That's <laughs> where the best content in World of Warcraft exists. It's mm -hmm. just outside of that content, there's there's like fuck all. There's just like <laughs> nothing. There's like there's there's small storylines here or there that you can do for like bullshit random stuff, but most of it doesn't connect back to the the main world and what's really going on in the same way that I find that it's doing in Final Fantasy. Mm -hmm. So that's where I think a big disconnect is for WoW. Um, that makes it a little different from Final Fantasy is that in the world around the primary scenario, it doesn't feed back into it as well as I think it could. In a, in a way that makes you care about the story, care about the people involved in the story and who are affected by the events of the story. And honestly, it leads people to just like skip cutscenes and not read quest dialogue because they're just apathetic to the, the way that the game um, uh, keeps them engaged with you the story. You talking about WoW for that? Are you talking... WoW, yes. Yeah, definitely. okay. Yeah, WoW. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's, a that's, a, that's a big problem in WoW, but Final Fantasy doesn't seem to do that Okay. so far. How, how have you enjoyed like going through that experience and hitting these cutscenes and hitting these voice lines and everything else and just that whole experience of going through? Uh, you know, before yeah, we get so... into that, I got to ask you one other question because Chad's oh, said it like 50,000 times it about you voice acting. Yeah. How, tell, me, tell me why they keep asking me about this. Uh, because apparently I'm good at it. <laughs> um, and so okay. anytime that I get a quest that's not voiced, I voice acted every single one. Um, and sometimes it's not a fitting voice, but sometimes it's just fun. Um, and so that's what I'll do every, every single time, uh, I'm pretty much going to voice it out unless it's like a, you know, a random side quest that doesn't have a lot of relevance. Um, but people really like that because, uh, where, where they couldn't fill the content where they wanted to in ARR, because I understand that was a tremendous overhauling task for them. I understand why it is the way that it is. Um, but a lot of people like it. So I just, yeah. that's. I think part of why people like to watch me stream because I just I just voice everything. Yeah. So it's, and they're gonna want me to do it live on stream. I'm not gonna do it. So yeah. Sorry. It's tough. It's tough to do uh, the voice acting. And you actually get to hear the real voice actor afterwards. Like when you're going into like the pre uh, cutscene. Um, but I mean, yeah. Like... <laughs> Sometimes you like do a voice and you're like, oh, that's how they sound. <laughs> Yikes! <laughs> but whatever. It's I don't know, man. With this. Fun. 
with this many compliments coming at you from the chat, yeah. I'm thinking like you've always got a backup career as an as an audiobook reader right on that table. Yeah. You never know, man. Maybe it's yeah. something to maybe it's something to explore. They're like, you need to get all the someone at Square Enix and get your voice on. So I was like, I don't. I sure, don't you got to move to Europe. I think though, because I think that's yeah, where they not... get all their voice action. <laughs> I'm not um, sure, but it sounds. I think from they get it from like uh, uh, the British side of the voice acting and everything. I think because uh, everything sounds really like New English, right? Or not or old English. Like they try to get that kind English of like job. yeah uh, sound. In I can there. do a little bit of that. I can. I can do a little. I could. You should just if you ever come by my stream. Sure, sure. Uh, yeah. There's a lot. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot going on. I, I'm. I'm actually going to go back and look at your vods after this. So. Uh, I'm going to make sure that I, I see it, but when you get into it, so how okay. the pacing of course is different going and experiencing it. It feels a little bit like watching a mini little movie or something sometimes, but it's not like as action based. You're really there for the dialogue most of the time. Uh, yeah. And, and I think that the way that they do the dialogue in this game is sick too. Like in world of Warcraft, you get a page, another thing Asmogol talked about in his video. So I'm going to like take some things from him. Cause he has some, he has some really good points. It's okay. They, you get like, you get like a page of dialogue and it's like a fucking paragraph and you just have to like sit there and read all of it. And then you're like, okay, but I like, by the time you get halfway through, you're like, okay, what am I, what am I supposed to be doing? I got to kill 10 of these. Okay, cool. And then you just close the quest window. Whereas like in final fantasy, it's like line of dialogue, rebuttal line of dialogue. Like here's where we are. Here's why the uh, Amalja are a big fucking problem. Here's what we're going to do about Ifrit. Okay, I'll meet you there. And in World of Warcraft, it's just like, meet by the spire in Northrend, and you're like, cool. And then you just go there, and you're like, I'm here. So, it's there's a there's a a much different pacing to this game, and I think it's I think it's much better because, okay. it, in my opinion, if you can't if you can't get people invested in like reading the story, like what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I will be honest. When I first started the game, uh, of course, I'm watching the cutscenes and I'm trying to read everything. But uh, this is my criticism towards my own personal experience with Final Fantasy XIV uh, as a new player back in so long ago. Uh, is I had no clue what the hell was going on. Like, I'd hear all these names and I'd hear all this stuff and I'm just like, all right, this name means something bad. This name means something maybe good. And it took me did a while. Did you start to after? Out. When did you start? I started like uh, 2015, I think. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry to interrupt you. <laughs> so a long, long time ago. Uh, actually, I started. I started maybe um, one patch after where you are right now. When that patch was okay. live, that's when I started. Um, okay. Uh, it's been a while. Moose has been here for how long? Forever. <laughs> He's been here forever. Never. Or in, in, consumes everything. I I came into fourteen straight from eleven. Um, like I was playing them at the same time. I was here on early access 1.0. I played all of 1.0 like a sucker because I believe the golden patch was coming. Uh, it took two years to arrive, but we were right. Hey, um, shut up, dude. <laughs> so yeah it was i've been here forever that's how i got into lore it was 1.0 like there was so much about it that was very difficult to enjoy playing it did not feel like an enjoyable video game but at the same time you could see that there were all of these things about it that had so much like love and care and perspective and just it had potential um so like trying to focus on the story because it was convoluted and hard to understand and had potential was the reason that i got into lore in the first place 
kind of did it kind of you feel like it sort of forced you into that to an extent because of the way that it was structured it kind of made you kind of like slow down and really get into it we were still trying to figure out what the story of like your you know how like in this game you do like 15 levels with your city state mm -hmm. there was something similar in 1.0 and we were still trying to figure out what the fuck those quests meant after <laughs> the game went dark like the game went dark and like it came out in 2010 it went dark in 2012 and we spent the six months the game or the whatever however many months the game was dark trying to figure out what happened in the intro sequences we had like a thousand thousand page thread where we just went on and on about this in their localization forum trying to get koji fox to come in and tell us what the hell's going on and that thread got so out of control that's how the lore forum was born they just wanted us out of the localization forum yeah so yeah like oh guys please up yeah damn so it's changed so much like as someone obviously who came in with where we are now uh, yeah. just a completely different game from where it began Mm -hmm. uh i i would maybe it's a good time to talk about like the perception of a realm yeah. reborn because um you know going into it i i think one of my biggest struggles as a streamer is uh which like fucking first world problems but mm -hmm. um but is is hearing like a realm reborn is like boring or it's like a slog and it's like it's it's not the good content or it's like people just kind of really like talking bad about it and i know why i understand why i think it's because people know how good it's gonna get and they're yeah. like they're like if, like trust me if you think this is good this isn't even the good stuff so like just i've got stronger opinions on this topic yeah <laughs> well it's just for me it's just like it's like as a new player i just kind of feel like be a little try i would say try to be a little more positive because it comes off like it's kind of draining. It's like to constantly hear what you're playing is like not good. Or it, even if you're enjoying it, people are like, oh, this isn't even, this isn't good. Like, oh my God, such terrible, this terrible, that blah, blah, like, oh, ARR 2.0, Omega lol, whatever. <laughs> and it's like, it's like, guys, as a new player, like, ah, uh, it's not perfect, but I enjoy it. And it, and it, it it's fun. So I am excited for what's I... coming later, but. I feel like the bandwagon has just come and loo come loose from the horse and rolled down a hill into a ditch at this point. Like when 2.0 first came out, we were coming from 1.0 and there were things that changed. The graphics got a little worse. They stopped using as intricate animations. Like they had to tone it down because 1.0 was so demanding on your system that it really locked out a lot of people from playing it. Yoshida gave a, a, a presentation one time where he highlighted that just like one flower bucket in Gridania had as many polygons as a player character. And it was just, oh, it, they couldn't do it. They yeah. couldn't do that. And so when we came into A Realm Reborn, we saw some of that, but we were like, what was on our mind was how is it the same? How is it different? How is it better? How is it worse? And we thought about that a lot. So when we go into Heaven's Word and we see how much a realm reborn was rushed how much because they had to develop the entire game from the ground up in two in, in two years like they did everything so fast and that's and an entire into, game world of warcraft can't even build an expansion right? in two years dude Fuck. <laughs> you, you get into heaven's word in one year bro sorry continue. <laughs> that's you, good. That's good. you get into heaven's word and suddenly you've got 
like everything is improving. They're using the graphics in different ways. They're getting creative with the animations. The voice acting improves by leaps and bounds. Everything is better. And then when you go back to A Realm Reborn again for the third time, seeing the introduction of the story, you get nervous. You get nervous that people are going to see the the rushed game design, the iffy voice acting, uh, the um, the fact that combat feels very slow until 50. Like 1 to 50 is a tutorial. As a black mage get... dude, I understand the slow combat. <laughs> you, just, you get nervous. Fuck. You get yeah. nervous that people are going to quit on you before they see yeah. how good it is. So you I try to let them know. You try to like manage their expectations. Like, look, we know this is a little rough, but it gets better. And I think that bandwagon, like I said, just everybody got on it. It fell off the horse. It rolled into a ditch. And now everyone's just like, yeah, fuck a Realm Reborn. And it's like, no, let them enjoy no. it. There are <laughs> yeah, good yeah. things about it, too. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and that's go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say I had a history of people who uh, did go through that patch. And the thing is, I think they were just a lot of people who come into the game sometimes play just to play with other people and not play the game. And so they run through a, a Realm Reborn and they're not really caring about like all this stuff. And it just becomes a lot of stuff they have to keep skipping through because they're like, I just want to play with my friend. And then they see it as this big hurdle and wall and it. That's where it comes from. Uh, but if you actually play I, the game to enjoy it as an RPG, which this game is really RPG, uh, it's solid. Yeah, that's, that's and honestly, like we spoke about earlier, that's why I'm taking my time. Like, there's just so much RPG element. There's so, like, I only just went to the housing district for the first time yesterday. And that was that was crazy, just to kind of see, like, that aspect of the game. I went to, uh, you know, Balmung uh, Ulda Inn, you know, and that was interesting. Uh, you know, some interesting mm -hmm. stuff goes down there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so like yeah, there's there's all there's always like little things to be exploring and learning about and I, and I think um I think that what Moose said really hits it on the head and I it goes back to what I said earlier about intent. It's people that they just they really do love what is later. They love Heavensward. They love Stormbringer. They love Shadowbringers and they're so excited for Endwalker. I definitely would agree with Moose that it from my perspective the general interpretation is I just want you to survive through this because there's something amazing waiting for you on the other side of it. And the way that that comes off to new players is not always the best thing because it almost feels like you're being told that the game that you're maybe going away from your home game for like, wow, for instance, for a lot of people, that's like, it's kind of taking a leap, man. That's in a sense for some people, that's kind of almost turning their back on something that's been a huge part of their life for five, 10, 15 plus years. And there's a very strong, deep emotional attachment there that I think a lot of people forget. It's part of why WoW gets so toxic in the community is because people are fucking terrified. That's what the problem is. And if you had, if if, if Final Fantasy was in the same boat and was having the same uh, issues that World of Warcraft was, I guarantee you that it would arise in a similar fashion here because when people get scared, they lash out in anger. And that's that's what I think is happening. So I try not to get too upset when people are trying to tell me in a sense that the stuff coming later is going to be better, but sometimes just be careful of how harshly you talk about the new stuff because it can turn people away um, from the game because yeah. they start to believe like they shouldn't be enjoying what they're enjoying. I mean, it gives you that sense of feeling like if you, if I tell someone, Hey, you should watch this show. The first six seasons are crap, but the last two seasons are great. Why would <laughs> I, I watch that I show? Watch that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, the that's fuck? kind of, <laughs> yeah, I don't want to waste six seasons of bad show just to enjoy two seasons. But um, yeah. I think when we're talking about... Uh, and by the way, Blizzard's deep in my blood. 
Uh, I grew up with Diablo, uh, uh, Warcraft 2, Warcraft 3. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Burning you know, Legion tattoos, bro. I get it. <laughs> yeah. It, it was a huge part of my life. I, I If I did my, I, don't, I forget, is it Slash Played or whatever? Playtime or yep. whatever you do with it? Mm -hmm. It's years. It's years. So, yeah. I mean, I, it's the same for Final Fantasy now, but... Um, I mean, Blizzard is huge, and so I'm. I'm. I was very attached to uh, that franchise, and in my head, things were just not going the way I wanted at the time that I switched over to Final Fantasy fourteen. But I love Final Fantasy too, you know, and that's part mm -hmm. of the reason that brought me into it. And I think uh, that's not everyone, but a lot of people have nostalgia for Final Fantasy seven, Final Fantasy six, Final Fantasy so and so, and they can come into this game and see those little bits there, and it kind of right. helps that getting detached from something that was a big part of your life back to something else that is still was a part of your life and growing up from the other final fantasy games and it yeah it makes that transit transition a little bit easier um yeah so I, I don't know pyro did you play any of the final fantasies before yeah so actually so i've played yeah. i've played some final fantasy 10 um so I've, i beat final fantasy 10 and i watched my older brother play a little bit of 10 too i played a little bit of 10 too but like time-based uh turn-based co combat was not my thing um, mm -hmm. I think you can disable that. But anyway, it, yeah. I was also really young. So like references like Titus was I was like, no fucking way. Like when we got to the guy that was saying that, I was like, I know that. Like, I know who that is. Like, right. I, I I get the references and I, I know Ifrit and I know Shiva and I know Bahamut and I know Anima and I know those aeons and summons from 10 that I mean, back in the day, like, look at the hold on. Let me show you this. Sure. Yeah, I'm excited. I have no clue what I'm about to see, but I'm excited for it. So I used to I used to draw a lot um, back okay. in the day when I was really young. So this is like, this is back then. So this was uh, I think drawn in like 2008. Um, uh, so this is actually one of my oh nice FF10 drawings. Oh, nice or 102 rather. Yeah. And uh, here I got a couple more. Sorry. This is uh, LeBlanc yeah. from 102. Oh shit, man! You were good when you're uh, and, back uh, in the day. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and then uh, I have some like Sora stuff and like King of the Hearts and shit like of that. Of course, yeah, yeah. Or King 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 of the Hearts, Kingdom King Hearts, of the right? Hearts, yeah, yeah, yeah. King of the Hearts, dude. Um, <laughs> We're talking about story, Kingdom Hearts. <laughs> it's like, and then I, have, I love uh, that you I preserve it with enough joy that it's like in plastic sleeves yes, and the plastic to reach for. Like I, I am not that joyful about my past, and I feel like <laughs> I'm getting to a point where I should be. <laughs> it's it's just like it's something that I for some reason kept onto for a really long time, and the fact that I can like reference it now, yeah. uh is cool and like that's that's kind of what i like about um playing 14 is unlike wow where i came in and it's totally blind and i don't really understand i didn't understand any of the references mm. or anything initially i see a moogle and i'm like i know what the fuck that is yeah and like it, it there's just um i don't know that is pretty cool i do really enjoy that so not a ton of ff in my history but enough at a memorable enough time in my life that it did have a pretty big impact on the games and things that i was interested in for several years yeah and what's what's kind of cool about the story with Final Fantasy is that it's known every single game's a different story, and so Final Fantasy fourteen is its own story as well. But it's still going to bring right. in those elements that you love about the other stories. Like if you had a Final Fantasy without a Moogle, you're pretty much killing the game. Uh, right, <laughs> gotta be like, there. The Marble dude. Yeah, and I mean, and they the even brought in Chuckbo Racing and all that stuff. I'm assuming. Have you done any of the Gold Saucer stuff at all? I've okay. gone to the Gold Saucer and got my Aetherite things, but I didn't actually do anything there. Uh, yeah. and there's I haven't no seen like Chocobo racing or anything. Maybe there's story there that I need to not spoil for you, but I don't think there is. I think <laughs> it's just the side content. But anyways, we'll find out. 
Yeah, well, hopefully not. Hopefully I won't spoil anything, but yeah. Well, I mean, when I, yeah, I mean, I'll find it <laughs> fun eventually. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's, uh, so this game does a really good job of bringing uh, all this, like, nostalgia theme park to you, uh, and you just mm -hmm. have a lot of fun with it. And wow, they integrate every single, all of the World of Warcraft story that they've done all the games before, and they push it all together, and I think they have so much to try to work through that might be a little bit more difficult than Final Fantasy has to deal with. Uh, not to try to give credit to Blizzard, because there's definitely better jobs that they could do with the game story, but... Um... Well, I mean, when to be fair, like I'll give them this. Like When you do have so many different pieces of literature, sh so many short stories uh, we didn't even talk about, there's a lot of audio dramas, really good ones too. Mm -hmm. um, and then the just the, the seven expansions that we've gone through, um, right? Brain Crusade, Wrath... Kata, Mop, Wad, Legion, BFA. We're on our eighth expansion. Um, like it is kind of it. That is a pretty tremendous feat to try to take that much shit and have it. A lot of it, much of it anyway, exist in universe and have any level of like connection be between them. So I would definitely say it's harder, but it doesn't necessarily excuse. It, it wouldn't excuse still the big hiccups that exist. Right. Right. That's yeah. I don't know what got me on that point, but for some reason I wanted to <laughs> bring it up again. Uh, oh, I think. Fair. Yeah. Uh, Final Fantasy fourteen, though, going back to kind of the story and your experience so far, you, yeah. you've liked it so far and going through everything. The cutscenes are great. The voice acting's great. The way that they're mm -hmm. presenting the story to you, it's not so. It's not overwhelming for you. I guess that's one point that I wanted to to bring. Um. Up. No, I think that the way that they. I feel like in Final Fantasy, a lot of the times that I end up having like an inquiry because of a uh, words because of a specific level of uh, line mm -hmm. of dialogue, um, I find that a lot of times where I I have that, it's actually answered in like the next line of dialogue, or yeah. like at the end of the quest. And so I really like that. Uh, World of Warcraft does a lot of like you do the quest and you're kind of left wondering about the outcome sometimes. So it's nice in Final Fantasy that you kind of get your questions answered right mm -hmm. like some of the questions that i currently have um is like what's the difference between a primal and an elder primal i don't know the answer to that yet i know that there's two they're two different things i don't know for what reason they're different um but i would expect that at some point in the storyline i'm going to learn that in world of warcraft if you want to know the difference between a wild god and uh and a loa like, you really got to fucking dig to find that information. You're not going to be given that information on a plate. Uh, so it's much different in that aspect. And I really like it. It just makes it feel like your questions actually get answered and you don't just end up with a fucking trillion questions. And by the time that you get to the end of it, you're like, I don't even remember what the first question was. <laughs> so That's fair. Um, I do like that. Uh, I do. I mean, there. I do have criticisms about the game, and we can. Please, I, I'm willing to talk about. Yeah, I would uh, love slightly to hear criticism. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I know that they cut a lot of content to make the ARR storyline more fluid and faster for people. I would say that there's definitely some times during like 2.0 where you can see where they did it. It's very obvious where it happens, and it's like, nah, that's kind of like kind of ruins the immersion because I know that originally you wanted me to go do something else, and I'm kind of like cutting corners here. I did notice at least, I think at least one uh, example of dialogue that actually referred to the actions of the following quest, which was then removed. So then you're like, you're literally told that you're going to go do this one thing. And then the quest that was supposed to follow, you don't go and do it. So you're like, mm, okay, that's kind of weird. <laughs> I feel I like they actually, I, I haven't actually, yeah. actually experienced that yet. So I want to, I would love to hear, uh, I love to hear. Yeah, I, I want to replay it. 
Yeah. I think that's in uh when uh after you go to Mordana for the first time, when you're going to fuck, you're like uh you're like meeting fuck, you're at like a camp. Whoa, you're at like a camp yeah. where you're supposed to um you're supposed to like rally the troops and like make everyone like happy or whatever. There's a quest right before you go up there to do that where the the quest guy wants you to go and speak to I don't remember the specifics, but it's like in that area. I can't fucking remember what the area is called. If I if I go Dan-on? no uh I can't remember. It's okay. I don't I can't remember. If I open the game I could tell you, but um yeah, it's either way. But it, it's just just a little minor thing like that, uh, which, again, I think that considering, as Moose alluded to earlier, the amount of uh, Camp Blue Frog, maybe. <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't know what that is, <laughs> but uh, it could be Northern Than. I don't know. Um, yeah. Right before Castramari, I'm pretty sure that's correct. No uh, anyway, um, yeah, yeah. I will I will say, like, I recognize and can certainly appreciate the tremendous amount of work that must have gone into completely revamping a game um when i when i first heard about it happening when that was current i was kind of um kind of baffled (laughs) because Mm -hmm. at the time that was when runescape was actually starting to transition to potentially doing the evolution of combat which completely changed the game an overhaul that was not good but um it was it's it's been good i i think uh there's been some times like fan cred when fan cred turns out to be like la habrea and and they like show his face i'm like I'm like, <gasps> and then I'm like waiting and they're like, Dan Cred. And I was like, Dan Cred. <laughs> like, I couldn't remember who he was. I knew he was important, but I couldn't remember. Right. And so yeah. that like startling reveal, I'm like, who are you? <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, that, that was an example of like, just maybe a little bit of overwhelming when it comes to like how many names are thrown at you especially mm-hmm. with like the diversity of the names in this game yeah they're hard to say half of them so they're like, hard to remember if you yeah. have some background in 11 it's a little easier because each of the races is named with a convention of one of the languages that the game was released in so the elizin are a little french the rugadine are a little german the lalafell oh. are a little japanese like the katakana play um the hewers are like the english uh, so it's like there's little background to them but the way because they don't want it to be obvious they kind of fold in like these old school rules like archaic french archaic german and it really just looks like someone rolled their face around on the keyboard sometimes yeah it's so hard to read sometimes like i consider myself a pretty fluent reader uh and fairly well spoken and there's been times where i like read a sense and i'm like what the fuck dude i like Let's just move on. It's not even important. <laughs> like, yeah. let's just move. Let's just move on. I feel like I feel like uh, the writer every time Ariange like speaks. Yeah, Ur- I love Ariange, dude. He's actually some of my favorite dialogue so far. I love because at least with him it flows and pretty nicely for the most part. There's been some other characters where I'm like, is that even a a, a viable way of saying that? <laughs> like, is that even real? Like a yeah. uh, j- jail, G A O L. I'm like, what the fuck? I'm like, go, 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 go. Everyone in chat's like, it's jail. I'm like, what? There's how actually, jail? That's, that's how they spell it when they lock you in like a um like a quarantine when they want to like punish you as a, ga- a game master like when they want to like drag you out of town for spamming chat or something. They put you in a zone called Morty in jail, and it's spelled nice. like that. Yeah, that's like just those things kind of threw me off. But at the same time, it's almost it's almost good because it makes you slow down and fucking read it because you can't just gloss through it like speed reading like you would in world of warcraft you have to actually read it uh so i I really like that 
Yeah, um, the, the storyline was written yeah. by definitely like people with PhDs in English or something. They're like, I'm bored. How can I make this interesting? Uh, I paid like, for that re- creative writing degree and I'm going to use it. <laughs> every every 14 lines, I need to use an old English term or phrase. <laughs> it yeah. looks like I'm on the 14th line. <laughs> oh, so, God. But it's, it's fun. I, I think it sounds like to me, once you get to like Heaven's Ward and stuff is voice acted more often and at a higher quality, you probably start to get more of that. Um, like what you're saying, Moose, of like certain races of people having like dialects and things like that. Uh, do you get more of that as you progress and start to really hear that come out? A little bit, but only if you notice the pattern. Like if you know, if you know that the Elizen have kind of an old French background to their language that like, because the way that they tell it to you is that everyone in Eorzea has kind of adopted, quote, the common tongue of the Hure. There's just so uh, many of them. It doesn't make sense to not speak it. And that's going to be English. Even in the Japanese version, the common tongue of the Hure is English. Oh. Um so when you start to realize that the patterns start to come out and when you see something in from like old Elizabeth that's named French, you're like, ah, but it doesn't yeah. ever become like really, really deep. Like you'll go to other places and you'll see like there's another race, the um, the Aura, and you get out there and you're like, oh, Mongolian. OK. And you start to see like some of the ways that it ties in. But I don't think it's ever going to be terribly lore deep, except with the Garleans and Latin. It's just like thematic hints and, and stuff mostly and kind of just giving more flavor to the world then. Oh, wait, uh, it, just Eorzea being based on Greece too. There's going to be oh, like a yeah. lot of like tie-ins there. You're going to notice like, so the, Is there it's some just Greek in the mythology roots stuff coming up. Talk. There's going to like, it disappeared for a while. Like in 2009, they came out right away and just said, Eorzea is based on like the Greek city-states before the invasion of Persia, except here Persia looks like rum. So they were talking about <laughs> how, you know, they have this very Greek history and there were a lot of Greek names and then it went away for a while, but now it's starting to come back. So you're going to see some of that too. Oh. But aside from the the Latin and the Greek uh, a lot of it's just, it's kind of there to be a guideline more than it is to really stand out and be in your face. That's that's actually part of why I like questing so much, because now that I know that, like, the Elizin are kind of, you know, sort of French, like, when I, when I, it makes it fun, it makes it very fun to voice act, because I can kind of become what I think that character would sound like. Mm. And It'll be very some, obvious in Heaven's Word. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, a, that's what I'm told. There's a lot of Elizin in that patch. Yeah, <laughs> uh, it's... It's I'm excited for it because it's it's very fun. It allows me to practice. It's entertaining for the people that watch. And it's kind of a nice way for me to like just kind of go. Here's a way for me to kind of like connect with the world in a way that's not it doesn't really sound like this, but we can pretend that it sounds like this and it gives more more flavor and character. So honestly, I think that's been one of the biggest one of the things that I've had the most fun with is picking up on those hints and starting to like learn who's kind of from where and -hmm. what would they sound like and and how. Yeah, so. It's pretty fun. Okay. Yeah. Hopefully that guides you a little bit with the fun with that. Like, uh, man, Chad is just like, I, I feel like we got to hear some of this voice acting at some no, point. No, dude. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's so, it's so like, just do it on the spot. Yeah. Don't worry. I, I can't voice act anything. It always sounds like he's, a, a he's teasing people to come see it live. Yeah. yeah, yeah oh, yeah. you're talking about gotta hook them in on the real streams. <laughs> <laughs> I can uh, do, do you, uh, yeah, no, never mind. Continue. No, you're good. You're good. You're good. There's other places to catch this content, especially when you yeah. highlight that so much of your stream. Uh, I'm glad you're enjoying that. I think there is a handful of people who do enjoy kind of voice acting the lines when they stream and go through the content and everything because it's just fun. Uh, and it feels mm-hmm. like a, a fluid dialogue that's you just have enjoy it and have fun with it. 
Uh, do you play a lot of D and D by any chance? Am I just? I've done a little bit of D and D, and and when I did, I very much so got absorbed into the character which I yeah. was playing. So I'm I'm not afraid to role play. Like I'm not a, I'm not afraid to get into that side of things. Uh, yeah. Uh, anyway, <laughs> no, uh, okay. certain kinds of role plays. Uh, <laughs> so on stream. Um, <laughs> so anyway, okay. yeah. Like okay. I'm kind of into that, but but D and D is. Uh, it's very time consuming sometimes, uh, even if you just do like a, a quick pre-made campaign. Yeah. Um, and so f uh, for me, it's kind of hard to like hold my attention, honestly. I have, yeah. I have ADHD. And so I need like a lot of visual and audio, audi like audible and, uh, interactive stimulation. Otherwise I get bored Fair. from things really easy. So if you don't have like a really good D uh, DM, then it's not very fun. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and by the way, we're not hitting like really deep into the story too much, uh, just more of impressions and everything because I feel like I'm so afraid of like getting deep into the story you've experienced so far and I have the answers to your questions and just trying not to react <laughs> to right. them. Yeah, and so I don't Chat, chat kind of does the same thing. They try not to react, but... Yeah, I mean, it's easier for chat not to react versus me sitting here for, on a voice call or a video call with you, but... Yeah, true. And there's... Yeah, having like facial... Yeah, yeah. facial reactions, stuff like that, like... I'll say I, I do want to get into it on a deeper level, and so I have notes. I do take notes okay. on the game. Um, so I have like notes for um, how there's like one active and passive god of each element, not primals. Each god associated is with a month. It rotates Astra through Umbral from January. I know what all the different gods' names are and what they're associated with. And um, I know now that Ishgard is run by an archbishop, which I'm sure I'll learn about in Heaven's Ward. And so there's like there's little things that I've taken right, um, mm -hmm. uh, like Asians serve the Dark One, one true God, otherwise known as Zodiac, who I don't know anything about besides that. But so I do take notes, and and I I hope to get to the point where you know I can <laughs> I can I can look at like the uh, etheric table and know exactly what I'm looking at and. You know, I, I think I, you Man, know, like, I want to have this conversation I, with you later on so much. It's just like, yeah, like <laughs> what, what I've like, what I've seen, like with the, with the etheric yeah. uh, thing is like, there's, there's astral and umbral and it seems like, uh, water, ice and earth are umbral and fire, lightning and air are astral. And, uh, they, like, they, how, like they tone this down a little bit from 1.0 yeah. where it was a much more big thing. Um, I actually love asking questions about the elemental wheel because it really trips yeah. people up because sure. they expect it to be like it's from other games. Sure. Um, so there's there's a really cool graphic. Um, I will send it to you if you've never seen it. They have it yeah. in one of the lore books um, that shows you how it is. And yeah, you pretty much get like Astral and Umbral are supposed to be in all things. So, you know, even though there can be you know, astral fire and umbral fire, it tends to be more of an astral element where there can be right. astral ice and umbral ice, but it tends to be more of an umbral element. And they're yeah. going to really shake up what astral and umbral means later to make okay. sense. Like um, when you were describing kind of the Warcraft book where they changed the perspective of the whole wheel, I was like, uh oh, he's going to hate that. But like, <laughs> they're going to shake up a little bit of what it means to make sense of what came before, because they're trying to use old lore and make sense of old lore. But at the same time, it didn't totally jibe with what they wanted. So right. they shake up a little bit of what Astral and Umbral means because it was in 1.0 before we had light and darkness. And to have Astral and Umbral play nice with light and darkness is difficult. Right, so they um, had to find a way to tie them into it. 
Yes. So yeah. they're going to find a way to do it, and it it's going to require some reframing, but they'll they'll explain it to you very clearly. It turns out the fucking, all the umbral shit is not related to the darkness, it's related to the light, because it's orderly, <laughs> and everything's <laughs> under the order of the light, because it takes, no, just <laughs> no, it's, like, it's, it's, it's very tough, because they were already trying, like, the elemental wheel, the way you're describing it, it makes so much more sense if you know that it's halfway rooted in Aristotle and halfway rooted in Godai which is like okay. the five elements of Japanese mythology. So like you void means something and you know, they've tied that into it and it's just, it, there's a lot to get, but I, if you're taking notes like that, you'll be fine. Yeah. That's yeah. Yep. That's how horrible. Many, that's horrible. How many yeah. notes have you made so far? How, how, how many pages? You on got? Final Fantasy? Yeah. Just one. Just one page of notes. Okay. So it's not too big. All right. All right. A lot, a lot of it, like I don't have any notes on the, um, on the, on the elemental, wheel i'll call it um mm -hmm. the etheric wheel um but i i do retain a lot of that in my head uh honestly for most of the stuff that i do videos on for world of warcraft i don't have notes i don't have like video outlines or anything it's normally mm -hmm. just kind of head sword yeah. um but this i felt like i really needed to because it's so new having like foundational notes that i can refer to i felt like was really valuable so okay yeah just take as many notes as you want i i'm gonna be honest uh i Moose knows this, and this is why I get him on the show, and this is why he's on the show now. I suck with the story and the lore in the game. I, I do. I get it. I try to get it on a base level, uh, like a simple, simple person who just understands what's in front of me and the pretty images that are are showing. Uh, but having Moose here kind of helps with that a lot. And I think uh, when I was going through the story at first, I still didn't understand anything by the, the time I was done with the first uh reward. I, I understood like basics oh that character's bad that character's good right that's kind of what i had uh and it took me a while to kind of dive into it until i start forcing myself to do these episodes where we talk about the story and lore uh <sighs> and getting this pumped in my head i'll let you know by the way pyro i don't think i've had a single episode talking about story or lore where youtube comments weren't like i wish frosty wasn't there <laughs> so, yeah. They always say he interrupts I'm yeah. gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna fight for you on this one because I okay. feel like that's, I feel like saying that is like hating on Minfilia. Like so people <laughs> just don't appreciate a good manager, man. Okay. Minfilia doesn't do anything. She's so boring. <laughs> people don't appreciate a good manager. You take her out of the equation, it all crumbles. She like, like finally did Frosty's, something good, which is basically Frosty's... just giving herself over. Frosty's oh. so good at like, like just maintaining a discussion and structuring it and keeping it going in the right direction. And I love that he represents kind of the the people who are just casually into it, who aren't paying as deep yeah. attention to it because it makes it accessible for a much wider audience. And yeah. to say that like, oh, I wish Frosty wasn't there. Like I'm saying no. I'm, There's yeah, a lot I'm of people who would disagree. Oh, yeah, honestly, that, that was like a huge hurdle. That's a huge hurdle for my videos. Honestly, it's like, mm -hmm. I don't get like a ton of YouTube growth because it's so hard to jump into that. Like mm -hmm. you're at this, you're at this like level here. You have to know like this, 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 and this type to really get here. Right. It's fucking overwhelming. So it is, it is probably very nice for some people to have someone who is more along the lines of their understanding of the Yeah. World. I can look stupid for them. Right. And so that's, that's kind of the hope. Uh, and that's kind of the role I play with it. And uh, I just don't have the time to be an expert uh you know in lore alone i have all these other things i gotta pay attention to as well uh well, like, stuff that's really cool that you do that yeah I, I love it i love it i this is why i've been doing it for like six years i love getting people on here and talking about stuff they love that's the whole point um 
And uh, sometimes I'm a little bit more invested. For example, I play Paladin, so start talking about that. I care a little bit more in the ways of like getting into the deep details of it, and my frustrations are uh, a little bit clearer. But you yeah. guys have done fantastic on this show, helping me out and having these conversations. Because you're not just yeah. talking about like uh, the story itself. You're talking about the structure and building the story and how that affects everything else. And that is a very important part of all of this. Um, and Moose, we, we, we talked a lot uh, about the WoW uh, way that they're doing all the story. I think, by the way, when we get to the books and everything else, they have such a business uh, situation with producing those books that I don't think they will ever get out of that because that's just, a, if they get rid of it, then people are losing jobs, right? And so yeah. it, I can Unfortunately, see that. Unfortunately, that is true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and so I think it's a little bit different with Final Fantasy. I don't know if they'll ever do books or anything like that. That Maybe they will. Uh, but it keeps it pretty much in the game with a little bit of extra out there. Uh, but the people who build the story and kind of how that was created and the team behind it, because we, we use these names like Koji. Do you know Do you know who Koji is, Pyro? And we say, okay. All right, so Koji, Moose, could you actually... You'll say it better than I will. Who's yeah, Koji? I can... I yeah. can... I can help there. Uh, Koji was the like the English localization lead for a while, um, and that's kind of how everyone knew him. He was he had the name Fern Halls, and he would come into the forums and he would tell us little like nuggets of lore if you've reported bugs. So you're like, oh, you know, you use this word but you didn't explain what it means, or you use this word but it's a typo, or these two things are contradictory. He would be like, oh, thanks, we'll fix that, and then he'd tell you a little bit about it. So that's when we all started what? going on this. We all started going on this scavenger hunt to find things to kind of lure him out to tell us stuff. And that's part of how the lore forum came into being because we were having those discussions in his sphere. With and someone happened... who was part of making it. That's so yeah. rad, dude. Because he had he had the ear of the lore masters in Japanese. Um, and especially the lore master we have now is is amazing. Like he he's so deep and invested into everything and making sure that like he really wants everything to be consistent. But he's also is that what Koji shy. was a lore it, master or no no he's uh, he was a tr primarily a translation guy. So like everybody oh. associated him with the lore for because he was the Metatron of the lore god. You right. know like he would bring forward the knowledge because Odasan is pretty Odasan's pretty shy and Japanese people aren't that deep into lore as of back then. So what right. happened was when they saw that we were getting all of this extra information from Koji, Japan was like, no, you know, we like lore too. So oh, created, they put a little left out. Created this, <laughs> created this like feedback loop where Koji, yeah. like I, I still joke to this day that Koji masterminded this all on purpose where he, by being a translator, got everyone massively invested in this story-driven content to the yeah. degree that Square Enix had to embrace it. And I just want to see it keep going. I want to see this feedback loop keep going to the point where, like, in five years, I've got Encyclopedia Spira. Like, that's what I want. That's cool. That would be sick. Like, so he's like the Metatron. Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. But Thank you for explaining. I had no idea. Yeah. And Yoshida, uh, do you know Yoshida? I know who Yoshida okay, is. Okay. Yes. Okay. Okay. Yeah. He's a rock star. That guy's that guy's just literally Liter a rock yeah, star. Literally. Yeah. Oh, and he can uh, sing his ass off, dude. Yeah, he can sing. He <laughs> and actually, Koji sings in some of the songs too, which is kind of funny. Uh, like he's become such a huge part of uh, the the Square Enix development team, and he's our huge connection because he's a translator, and we can speak to him, and like he can voice out everything very clearly to to the uh, North American and European audi audiences, uh, which is. Yeah. The difficult part with Final Fantasy XIV is that it's not uh, an English-based game. It's made in Japan. 
right? And so right. we have a lot more barriers to go through, but he's one of those big connections that uh, helps us with that. And he's been amazing. So that's, that's awesome that you guys have people in your community that are like that. Unfortunately, World of Warcraft does not really have that anymore. We used <laughs> to have, like, we, there's a couple people that are out there that will sort of put, like, super, super light pseudo hints on, on social media, but it's not really anything that any anything of true value could be derived from. Uh, and I think that that engagement with players is super fun. There used to be a developer named um, uh, Alex Afrasiabi who left, uh, I, I think actually last year, no word from the company. They didn't say anything about it. He just left. Um, like he could have died and we wouldn't know. Uh, <laughs> honestly. Wow. And that guy... That guy was really into it. Like you got him in lore interviews and he would drop little hints all the time because you could tell he was passionate about it. You could tell he really loved it. And he loved the, he loved the, um, the concept of duality, you know, and, um, and what exists between different forces, right? Like how does the light in the void interact with one another? And like, yeah, from our mortal perspective, we see the, what the, what the, uh, void is doing and we see it as like evil and bad, but in the perspective of the void, like think about the, how the light's oppression affects the universe and how they must see that. And like, he always had a way of bringing deeper thought to it. And he's one of the reasons why I got heavily invested. I'm going to toot my own horn a little bit here. So I hope I don't sound like a dick. Okay. But I, I, I really, I really truly believe that in the world of Warcraft community, I helped to pioneer lore speculation content. Like people, people didn't make YouTube videos about what's happening in the story now and what's it going to mean for us going into the future. What is this little hint from here and here and here all connecting together? What does that mean for us? What does that show thematically for how certain forces of the universe work, how different magics work, what the mo motives and motifs of certain characters are? So now you see when you go into the World of Warcraft uh, YouTube, the biggest creators are doing that now. Uh, you have folks like Talias and Anevatel and, uh, and Bellular Gaming who are doing that type of content. And it was fun because Alex really inspired me to do that. And I kind of brought that different aspect of the meta to the YouTube community. And it's been so fucking heavily adopted that like everybody does it now. And it's so it's honestly, it doesn't matter if anything I ever predicted was was right. It doesn't matter to me at this point. I just care more about like, I'm glad that we're at a point where people are thinking about it deeply enough and critically enough that these conversations can can happen because before the lore was kind of glossed over because of all the the issues that were previously all the aforementioned issues mm -hmm. because of all those things the the lore was kind of a a thing that kind of just happened in the background for a lot of players and now the the story and lore is actually a lot of the reason why people are still playing mm -hmm. so i'm really happy that, that that dynamic shift happened and it just it's just what you're telling me about koji reminds me a lot of alex afrasiabi and how his influence and his presence in the community um, really shifted the way that things were looked at. And I, I, I wish that World of Warcraft still had that because the people that run the story stuff now, I, I hate to say it, but they're not nearly as fun. They're not, they're not, they're not as open. They're, I think they're writing in some of their own kind of fan fiction and, and where they want it to go. And, and it's just really lost a lot of its splendor that it once had. So, I mean, that's fair. Yeah. Uh, and I think I wish we had more people. Yeah. <laughs> If they could only, you know, have more people working for them uh, and doing this kind of stuff. 
uh i will say dude yeah i will say content creators have such a huge effect uh on video game game companies overall uh because of people like you pyro people like uh moose existing out there on even if it's just on the forums and on mog talk and gamerscapes uh ethernet every once in a while that's a lot of places uh ate the right radio sorry why did i mess that name up but yeah uh there's so many places where we have these shows and we have these people who are uh criticize the speakers of Heidelin uh and also at this Asher who's going out there making videos and everything they know they have people keeping them in check right they know that hey there's people out there paying attention and they can see that clearly and so they try to stay in check uh hopefully but I guess yeah. maybe not with wow as much right <laughs> but well with wow it's just like I'm not saying that the Final Fantasy story is not in-depth or anything like that. Obviously, that's not true. But with how long WoW's story has existed in its current line, like, there, there, I can't, I can't, I can't express how much there is. There's, it doesn't matter if you sat around and read every day. Like, there's so much that you couldn't, there's, you could never, you could never know even 80% of it. And I think that, there's there's so much context that's built up in WoW that like, unfortunately, a lot of the people that are out in the community and in the viewership and stuff like that, they can't fact check you. They 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 don't have the information that you have because they don't have the book. And so the quote that you're referring to in the book that's heavily important to the argument that you're making, they have no idea. They don't know about it. So you you have to educate at the same time as extrapolating. And it's very tiresome. <laughs> um, and so honestly, like that's honestly, that's part of why I don't do videos as much anymore because um, I find myself having to reference back to old videos and old quotes and things so often because the community doesn't know. Like there's entities in this game that don't, that, that there was once upon a time, this idea that they can't die. The developers have literally come out and said like, we should consider them dead. But death is a state of being, and it's not the end-all, be-all. People still don't understand that those beings were still killed. We did still kill them. They did still go on to somewhere else. But it's something that's so heavily fucking ingrained in the Warcraft community that it's such the common perception that, like, the disconnect between someone who looks at lore the way that I do and the way that the average player does, there's just no... You just can't have a conversation because there's way too much, there's way too much there. Okay. So, well, we, uh, it, we sucks. Are, it sucks. <laughs> yeah, we are hitting like kind of the closing part. I mean, we've almost been here for two hours. Uh, it's been, it doesn't yeah. feel like two hours to me. But uh, there's a few questions I want to ask. And I'm going to ask Moose to somehow generate a question that he wants to ask Pyro here uh, while I'm asking these questions. Uh, first thing is, I want to go ahead. No rush, but no rush, by the way. Like, I know that I know you're trying to fit it in yeah. like we talked about, but yeah. you take your time. You sure? Because I'll sit yeah, here yeah. for like yeah, two yeah. more days. Just well, you know. we can't do that long, but but <laughs> but you're good. We don't we don't we don't need to end like right on. We're good. Okay, okay, okay. Uh, well, I do want to ask you this question. I, I do since you went through Please. the story. Is there anything that has surprised you about Final Fantasy fourteen? Maybe with its storytelling or anything else? Uh, yes. Okay. Oh yeah. Let's it's it. dark, dude. It's fucking dark, <laughs> and it's so funny because like I I see comments on Twitter of like the game was like too kitty for me and had like too fluffy of an aesthetic. I'm like, did you fucking do any quests, dude? Because there's some fucked up shit. The first time I was in Ulda, there was a woman being sexually assaulted in the streets. What like what is going on here? Like, yeah. what the yeah. fuck? It's, it's crazy dark. It I just did Tom Tara hard mode, and I'm like, oh my god, like <laughs> what is going on? Like, <laughs> yeah, this yeah, floating head. <laughs> 
Well, so that surprised me. People see the Lollafels and they see like the cute cat girl stuff, and then they're like, "Oh, well, this is a very you know simple, pretty game." Yeah, yeah. Uh, and so they don't think about all the dark stuff. But if you go through the lore and you go through the story, there's some really fucked up shit that happens. You mean if you actually play the fucking game, you'll understand how it goes? Like instead of just (laughs) looking at the characters in the game and drawing conclusions, it's incredible. Because back in the day, like. No offense. I did used to say like, oh, that game's weeb shit. That's fucking, that's a weeb game. That's the, and that's then the I normal started, terminology. Yeah. I know, I know. And then I started playing it. I'm like, if you say that, you're fucking dumb. This game is not a weeb game like at all. Like at all, dude. Like there's like, this is so, this is such westernized like Eastern fantasy. It's not even oh, funny. Yeah. Like it's, I don't know. It's, uh, but it's fun. It's that, I found that surprising. Yeah. I mean, it has the kind of art style. It has a lot of stuff that you can associate as the anime weeb kind of thing. But like really Whatever. getting into it, it's, pretty badass uh i feel with the story even with just the surface level that i've been able to kind of keep up with and everything else um and i i'm glad you said that because that's what i love i love dark storytelling it's fun it's like you know i can't have it 24 7 like i can't get burnt out on it right you can't just always do dark (laughs) because then you're like oh well i'm just expecting you to kill this person after they say something very nice Right. You just turn into like you turn dark. You're like, my life is everything is a lie and <laughs> despair <laughs> yeah. always triumphs over hope. <laughs> Get dark eyeshadow going on and everything else. Yeah. Uh, but OK, that's cool. Moose, you would agree that the storyline is pretty dark, I'm assuming. Yeah, there was a couple parts <laughs> along the line where I thought it was going to be a little darker and just because they'd primed me for it. Yeah. And it didn't it didn't end up being that dark and they came back from it a little bit, but then there have been a couple parts where I thought it was gonna go another way and it was just like no, it's gonna be dark. So it's like yeah. I think they have a good balance of it. Mm-hmm. Good. Yeah. yeah, I mean I think I think a lo- a lot of WoW is like just a lot of there's like there's like cutesy wootsy quests in WoW where you go like do just ridiculous silly shit and that's fine, you know, that's that's the kind of content that just exists in a game like that. Right, we've yeah. we've got that here too. Gotta be it's happy just, at like, some point, right? Well, and then there's also like most of WoW. Honestly, is just pretty. It's just it's just sad and it's just bad. Like WoW is a game of tr- of tragedy, really. Like there's mm. a a lot of just really terrible things that happen to people in WoW. People that don't deserve it at all, and not just because of your actions, but just because that's how the universe works in in yeah. WoW. It's just the the forces in in the game are are cruel and dark really dark. like mantrick's wife right oh man Christ's wife <laughs> no one cares where she is she's actually in shadowlands is she yeah she's in the realm of the dead you can find her oh my god all right yep. <laughs> yep. uh i don't know if that would make me play it but uh it's, it's interesting no, i'm not gonna say don't play it but i wouldn't recommend it currently okay fair fair um so if you want it uh wow to learn from something about Final Fantasy XIV storytelling, what's the biggest thing that it could take besides everything, right? Besides, yeah. you know, just mm. like the biggest key that it could take from Final Fantasy XIV. I actually, I love this question because I actually answered this on my stream yesterday. Can oh. I also answer the question the other way around Please. as well? Yes, I so, would like both. First off, I think that something that um that this game has that WoW just really fell f- flat on its face on was play around housing. Understand this. I know that POHs in this game are not a perfect system. The plot system seems so fucking egregiously difficult to actually like buy a place. It's it's like the barrier yeah. to entry is not even the money. It's the ability to like actually buy a fucking plot of land. Yeah, that's unfortunate. Um, coming from RuneScape, where your player-owned house is incredibly powerful and a gigantic source of utility and personal customization. I really like that system, but I wish that WoW had like any form of customizable POH because it doesn't. 
and it just is a really big RPG element that's mixing, uh, uh, missing. I would also say that the armor dying system in this game's fucking sick, and I wish that you could die armors in WoW. Unfortunately, a lot of the armors in WoW aren't even like heavily three-dimensionally designed armors. They're more like uh, paintings on your character's body, which mm -hmm. looks like shit. Uh, the armor in this game, I think, looks uh, much more alive. Uh, and and uh, and I think that the die system for it is is so sick, dude. I really wish WoW had that. Um, some things that I do, that I really wish that Final Fantasy had that WoW has the launcher. Please God, please <laughs> God, dude. What in the fuck is Mog Station? First of all, that's one of the worst websites I've ever used in my entire life. I feel like it was designed in 2003 and hasn't been updated since the fucking internet got faster yeah. speeds in 2005. Oh man, <laughs> if you only played eleven. Dude, I'm glad Mom's I did. Probably, yeah. if you if you if you were around for two if you were allowed around for Final Fantasy XI, Mog Station is like the second coming. It's like the best it's thing we've ever seen. Yeah, it's no, we'll, we'll so cover stars from Play Online and the Square Enix oh account management God. system. I didn't play Final Fantasy XI for two years after I bought it because my 13 year old's <laughs> dumb ass couldn't figure out how to pay for it like i couldn't figure out how to give them money through their fucking system so yeah, yeah no this is like aslan gold said that he had he delayed his fucking he had they spent like two hours trying to figure how to get he's like you know what blizzard's really good at making it easy to give them money and he's yeah. not wrong well, if I'm you not want saying people to buy your ship it. make it really easy. oh true yeah i mean i'm not saying they're good at it now i'm saying it used to be worse i'm saying okay. this is improvement like yeah, you know, yeah. we'll this, take this it we'll take it you just gotta be patient with square enix like yeah I, the, the client i think from what i'm told is like a lot more like a, a lot of like other jrpgs so like the uh, but the client uh, for for wow the battlenet client is fantastic like their software development mm -hmm. team is obviously on their shit because it's it's very nice looking mm -hmm. um and and to that point i would say also like the menu systems uh the menu there's a lot of menus in final fantasy and i don't play jrpgs that's not a thing for me i've never played bdo i've never played anything really uh other than final fantasy so when i see the menus i'm like fuck me there is a lot of menus dude yeah. um whereas in wow it's it's easier to read it's easier to remember where menus are it's easier to navigate the menus um so when it comes to that part it is a little bit overwhelming there are menus that I have like logs that I've never opened because I just, it, it's a lot. Yeah. Um, so that, that has probably been the most overwhelming feeling for me that in the map, the map I'm getting the hang of because I'm understanding how the quest list works and how I can interact with that and make it easier to navigate the map. But the, mm -hmm. um, the actual, the UI itself, I think could, could use a lot of work um, from just from my perspective. Yeah. Okay. No, that's fair. I mean, like, the big difference with that as well is that WoW's UI is third party most of the time and because uh, you get all these different add-ons and everything else to kind of change it however you want it to be and Final Fantasy 14 you have to stick to what they've developed themselves right uh yeah yeah just, <laughs> just yeah yeah it's a little bit um but with the menuing and everything else you can't really it's even strange. even it even I, I think I, I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and defend something here a little bit. Sure. I, I don't really like that the add-ons argument. I think it's a little bit of a cop out. Like sure. I think that I think that when you play with the default UI, what I said there still kind of stands. Okay. Because the the menus that exist in the UI, you don't get new menus and stuff because you install an, an a different add-on. Like it doesn't it's not gonna give you a different character pane menu. Like it'll change the look of it, mm -hmm. right? So thematically it'll look more like what you want. But the character equipment screen, those types of things as an I example. Gotcha. 
that, yeah. that doesn't change. But sure. I also, you know, <laughs> uh, you know, yeah, I'm not yeah. afraid of modifying my UI in Final Fantasy. I'll say, I'll say that much. Fair enough. That. Fair enough. Yeah. No. The and a big diff. I, there's not really too much to defend with that because I mean there is stuff that they can improve upon and make it easier because it is a lot of shit. Uh, I haven't done. I don't. I didn't. Un, I there's menus and parts of your menu I haven't even unlocked because I just didn't do the content. Uh, yeah. Just that's, like, that's what I mean. Yeah. And so. Uh, there, there is a lot, and I feel like it's going to be hard for them to kind of mainstream all that stuff. Because, I mean, in the end, you don't need it. It's stuff that you can always come back. It's not important to anything in the game. It's just extra stuff. Uh, so right. I'm not too worried about it. But, I mean, with navigating and getting used to it, it is taking a, again, a Japanese game, a Japanese MMO, and putting it into, like, something that uh, is more Americanized with Blizzard which is like, we're all used to it. They know it's it's completely different. And it's going with the mock station side of it. Again, like you, you already said it, that's kind of a normal thing they do in Japan for MMOs, I think, is kind of how they have it treated right now. Uh, to but be fair, us, I'm not the biggest fan of World of Warcraft's website either. I just want to throw that out there. Like, it's but, better, but it's, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, and I, I've been in the Blizzard launcher, and I know I can buy stuff so easily, and I could go through and do all that stuff really easy with that. Uh and it it's just goofy doing it for Square Enix, and it's the biggest complaint. It's the biggest complaint is how do I give money to Square Enix and not have to worry it, about it anymore? Gotta, that's got to be like the, in my opinion, that's got to be one of the most refined parts of the process. Like, is if you can't get people into your game easily, mm -hmm. like that's the thing. Like, if, as long as you can get them into the world, the world will sell itself. That's what I. That's what I would say from my perspective. Once I was in, I was in, but the. <laughs> The process of getting there and purchasing the different expansions and understanding that how the free trial works and i unfortunately purchased the 20 dollars game before i did the free trial uh, so i'm paying for everything that i'm doing right now <laughs> um which is fine like that's right. kind of the cool thing is people are like oh you didn't get the trial you didn't get the trial i'm like you know what dude i'm actually fine paying for what i'm playing i feel like yeah. i feel like i'm getting my money's worth out of what i'm paying yeah the game's worth the money uh yeah. absolutely uh so i'm not really too worried about that uh for telling if people did that i like go ahead and spend the what was what it like it was on sale and you could get all the games for like 30 bucks was it 20 bucks or something you get all the way Shadowbringers everything depends i think through square enix that's correct uh steam unfortunately did not have the same offer um, oh, okay and because i purchased the initial version of the game through steam i just bought everything through steam so it oh, actually okay. ended up costing me like twice as much to buy it through steam uh <laughs> but i still bought it like whatever right. it's whatever it was worth yeah. it all right, I'm going to make uh, Moose. Moose, did you come up with a question at all? Yeah, I, I actually did. I wasn't sure if, if I was supposed to or if it was coming around, but just in case I wrote yeah. one down. Yeah, um, there was one thing you said a little bit ago that's been that's kind of rattling around my brain ever since you said it because it resonated so much with me in terms of how I think about talking about lore with the community in this game. You described... Maybe I'm projecting a little bit onto it. Correct me if I'm wrong. But what I call campfire mentality, which is you sit there and you try to figure it out and you all sit around the campfire and just have fun. You try to interpret it right. You try to archive it right. You try to preserve it for the ages. But the most important thing is the fun, the being kind to each other, the sharing these ideas. And it doesn't matter who was right or wrong. It doesn't matter who predicted what or whether speculation planned out that we're just enjoying the journey together and building that knowledge base together. So when you describe that, it, it just sounds like music to my ears. And I want to know, my question is, what are the chances 
if 14 keeps feeling like this for you to play, that you're going to be one of the long-term voices at that table? Like percentage-wise, what are the chances you're going to finish the story and we'll be back here bullshitting about, you know, Endwalker? Um, <clears throat> <laughs> Let me put it this way. If I continue to take notes in the way that I am and continue to have the interactions that I do on stream and if I get my hands on these encyclopedia books, uh, it's it's... It's probably over for World of Warcraft. I'm gonna be honest. Like, really? I'm I, yeah. I'm at a I'm at a place right now where the game is the same fucking thing every patch. They've ruined some of my favorite characters. The story continuity's gone. Uh, their storyboard writers, I think, are on the wrong track. Um, I don't believe in the company. Uh, the company's ability to keep me happy. I, I mm. don't believe. I don't have faith in their ability to tell a story that I'm interested in anymore. Um, I at the end of BFA, BFA was such a fucking shit show. I. I told myself and I told my community, if they fuck up Shadowlands, that's it. You can't fuck up the Realm of the Dead. How do you fuck up the Realm of the Dead, dude? It's thematically so easy to nail. So honestly, at this point, like, that's kind of where I'm headed. I, I can't guarantee it, but like, it's very I didn't. The thing is, because I didn't plan this, e like, I didn't plan any of this either. Like, right. shit, my first, my first videos were me teaching people how to play a Warlock. So I never I never planned to get into this. So it's not something that I've thought too much about, because if I get there, then I will be there. I, I will have arrived. Uh, like I was I was going to settle for like 50 percent. I'm looking forward. I like I'm proud. To, I'm proud to be sitting here with you. It's a pleasure to meet you. I'm loving this conversation. But at the same time, 50 percent was enough for me to be like, look, I'm looking forward to seeing you again. And while I'm I am rooting for WoW to get its shit together. I'm rooting for this thing you love to keep being a thing you love. I am. Thanks. I'm looking forward to another conversation with you someday. Yeah, it's been it's been very nice chatting with you. I'm glad that one of my probably my really my first introduction to another creator, a member in the community is someone who's super into lore. I think that's very fitting and it's been a lot of fun. And I, I, I certainly appreciate that you can kind of that you can grasp and understand like the angle that I take on certain concepts and tr trying to break down the universe in the same way. Um, it's super fun. So yeah. I think um, I think that honestly, like you say, 50 50 at this at this rate, it's probably more like 70 30. Like <laughs> we're we're well on our way and I haven't even gotten to Heaven's Ward. So that's kind of that's kind of where we're at. We'll, we'll just have to see because uh, real life could always take a turn as well. You know, right. I, I do. That's I do work a full time job and stuff on the side, as I know that. Um, you know, I know well, you do. Both so. of us do. Yeah, both of us. Yep, yeah, yep. we're, so, all, we're you, all like you know how that time. you know how that work life uh, yeah. and 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 hobby balance has to be. So we'll we'll yeah. see. But I think it's there's a there's a decent chance. Yeah. Um, God, there was something else that I had uh, planned, and I was so invested in Moose's question there because it's like, oh shit, now he's gonna, he's going to force him and pigeonhole him into like saying, oh yeah, I'm going to come to be part of the lore community for Final Fantasy fourteen <laughs> for the future. Um, Oh God! I'll, I'll, re I'll remember it uh, at some point, but I, I think it was really awesome to get you on here, just because I I, I didn't know what what to really expect other than like the community's perception of you and lore and story and everything else. And as soon as you said that, I was like, I know, I know exactly who I want you to talk to. I know exactly the kind of conversation <laughs> <laughs> I want to put together for this. Um, and I feel and like it's a name really that had well. come up in my stream, so I'm excited that that's ended up who it being who it was. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, there's there's other really big uh, people yeah. that are into lore and everything else, of course. I heard, like, uh, but can't get all of them on, <laughs> and they're not always all available at the same time. But yeah, uh, yeah. There you go. It me. There we go. That's the easiest way to do there it. You go. 
Um, <laughs> I don't want to. There was another question I had. I didn't want to finish up. What was that other question? Let me look at this real quick. It wasn't even on the sheet. Um, fuck it. I was going to ask viewers to do questions, but I'm so afraid of that to let you know because I, I don't know what they're going to ask. Asking this viewer questions? Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. That could get a little hairy. I, I think. Uh, <laughs> well, what, one one thing that someone said that I, I do just kind of want to touch on, like, yeah, this look like, oh, God, I don't want to get in trouble here. Sure. Don't don't take this. Uh, anyone in chat, like, don't don't take this t- too personally, because when I said it on my stream, some people got some most people understand. But when I, I did go back and play WoW uh, a couple days ago and playing the game, it is. I'm sorry, but it is so much more responsive and snappy and feels like it actually it feels better to play like and I, I hate to say that because I like the world building and I like everything that's happening in Final mm-hmm. Fantasy. But I can definitely feel it when I'm playing Final Fantasy where like I'll cast something and I go to hit like my OGCD and I start to cast another one of the same ability before I actually can hit my OGCD and then I have to stutter step to fucking stop the cast and then OG, OGCD. It's really fucking as someone who did really high end content in World of Warcraft and expects that fucking responsive snappiness when I tell my character to do it, you do it. Uh, Final Fantasy does not feel that right. way, and I really hope that Endwalker brings some kind of improvement to that. But I heard that it's like net code and spaghetti code and stuff that isn't easily fixed. Uh, you know, that's my biggest complaint about the game is it just feels kind of sluggish and unresponsive. But you get used to it. Yeah, that's. The I thing. wish I could tell you it. that you could look. I wish I could tell you that you could look forward to like big changes in that department. Uh, usually, yeah. they just they find ways to improve kind of the flow of it. But really, like it's. It's probably going to be that your hippocampus adapts to feeling out where you're going to be in 200 milliseconds rather than... That's about what it feels like. It's about 200. (laughs) Uh, That's about right. Yeah, well, I mean, that's, that's, the, that's, that's where my that's where my hippocampus is. It's about yeah. 200 milliseconds in the future. But like you start, it's almost like being like precog, like you're moving in advance of knowing where you're going to be in those slide casting and stuff. And like, gonna I, I learned that I can be like, you that changes before them. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I and, and that's the way that it's, you know what I mean? Like so RuneScape works on a system of tick rate and it's it's literally just server ticks and every single well. action and ability. <laughs> happens on a tick and there are things in runescape that are incredibly difficult and hard to get used to because of you have to really understand ticks and how to manipulate them in the game so i'm sure i'll get used to it it's it's just it's my it's my only like big technical gripe where it's like uh i feel like to really push itself to to feel like the most modern mmo that it could i really feel like that would have to be addressed mm-hmm. uh because playing on hardware like what we're we have available to us nowadays like you know I'm a little elitist in this aspect, but I do kind of expect a certain type of performance out of the game that I'm playing. But at the end of the day, if the other things outweigh that, which they certainly do so far, it's not that big of a deal. It's just something I wish would be changed. But it it also makes it fun because you can learn to like slide cast. I just learned that I can slide cast as a black mage with ethereal or etheric manipulation. I had no idea that I could, that that was OGCD and I could use it while casting. So like or at the end of a cast so like there's i like the nuance of that i like the individual challenge that actually comes to light because of how the game works mm-hmm. um i'm glad that that's at least a thing uh yeah. i think that makes it at least interesting i mean that's what it is you get used to that and you figure out the art of playing around it and being optimal with that uh it's not perfect in the terms of the net code and that's why people when we talk about pvp people aren't happy with it because playing that way in pvp it doesn't feel as good. You have to get used. You really have to get used to it there. Uh, and it's yeah. tough. 
but with uh, PVE, you really do kind of uh, get into it. I remember my question I wanted to ask, because before the show, you were telling me stuff about how you were really into like hardcore raiding and like you're like top, <laughs> yeah. top, top raider uh, back I in the day. used to be pretty good once, once upon a time. Yeah. Uh, the thing with Final Fantasy XIV and its raiding scene is that you don't have to be in the raiding scene to be a part of like the in-game raiding stuff because it's you don't you need eight people that's all you need eight people and you you just dive into the content you find seven other people who are good at the game and you compete mm -hmm. in the world race you don't need a guild you don't need backing you don't need anything really crazy you just need it's fucking some, sick yeah and it's and the the savage world races are so quick they they last about a day to two days okay so it's something anyone can invest in the ultimates take a little bit longer but it's 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 something that anyone can really get into if they want it to and they want it to be highly competitive you take a couple of days off work and you're there yeah i mean i'd, I'd like to check it out because uh like zonro said when we did um uh ultima x men i level no echo like i basically we blind prog that and and i basically called for the raid and it was super fun. Like, I think, honestly, that's why I had so much fun. That was an ass. I mean, realistically, that's why I got into WoW the first time, because I wanted that high-end competitive. I wanted to kill the baddest of the bosses, and I wanted to do the hardest difficulty. And I and I did, and it just took way too much time. Uh, in World of Warcraft, at my peak of raiding, we were raiding 20, 25 hours a week. We were raiding five days a week, five hours a day. And we were 25th in the, uh, in the U.S. and 100th in the world on that kind of schedule. And part of that is because you do take a 25 man group and you, um, you have maybe 10 players who are really fucking good. You, you probably have like five players who are like super fucking good at the game. Mm -hmm. You have probably another five, like 10 players who are really good at the game. And then you have like, uh, five players that are like, yeah, you know, they're like, they're pretty decent, but like, they're kind of your problem players. Like that exists in most middle end guilds and high end guilds. Once you get to the top, top, like that's not as much of a thing because the skill gap is so fucking small between those players. Um, but the 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 uh, the prospect of savage raiding and especially ultimates are highly, highly attractive to me. Yeah. Because there were fights that in World of Warcraft were 15 minutes long, and you play perfect for 15 minutes or you all die, and you would do that maybe 400 times. There was a mm. there was a boss that I fought. Mythic Kill Jaden, we spent of pull time, we spent 26 hours of active time against that boss, fighting the boss physically. Mm -hmm. And that that just burnt me the fuck out because it was right after another boss where we did 490 pulls. So it was like a thousand attempts between two bosses after the initial eight bosses before them, four of which were aids also. So yeah. like in WoW, there's there's less personal responsibility. Um Low all twenty only twenty six. This guy has no idea. Uh, <laughs> you have no idea. Yeah. Only twenty six hours. You know. Yeah. Um, imagine so. fight. Yeah. Imagine fighting something for twenty six hours straight. Just you'd want to kill yourself. You don't do that. Yeah. Yeah. It, you have no, to so, like. It's sixteen hours. Is like the, the max if you're going hardcore. In 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 the time that I told you, that's just that's just raiding. That's just time spent in the instance. That's not even counting all of the shit you have to do outside of it. it it's a job, dude. It, yeah. it literally, if you want to be a top end mythic raider in WoW, it's literally a fucking job. And so, you have to, you have to cut other parts of your life if you want to do it. It's 
not really like that at all for this game. It's so much more accessible. Thank God. Yeah, <laughs> because you get the gear that you need at the same time the patch happens. It can be crafted within like you don't even need that gear to be honest with you. You can get most of that gear uh, pretty quickly uh, right when the patch comes out. So you could have no gear at all. And within an hour or two, have all the gear you need to competitively go into that. But I mean, you're already an hour or two behind, but you can get pretty far. Um, that's, yeah, that sounds that just sounds nice from a time investment standpoint, because that's the problem with WoW. You log on and you feel like you, you're forced into doing like five different things that's going to take you three hours. And and in Final Fantasy, it's nice because I log in and I'm like, I'm just going to do what I want to do. Yeah, yeah. Um, and also everyone in the world race scene is friendly. No one, No one's a jerk or asshole. And it's not... It's not really. Yeah, that's that's not wow. <laughs> no one has sponsors. No one has anything. Like it's very just yeah. much like a, kind of a humble community. Really, maybe somebody has a sponsor, but you know, I don't know. Not Wow's really. Wow's toxic as fuck. I'll just say it, dude. Wow is <laughs> hell of dude. The high end PVE in, in Wow is among the most like. I can say it because I literally used to be it, dude. Like I, I got, I, I got kicked out of a guild one time because I was too toxic, and okay. and that was like a top. That was like a top 100 rating guild, and that was years ago, right? So things have changed, but that that setting has a lot of fucking really fucking mean people, dude. And yeah. you just gotta you gotta like keep your nose out of shit because people will people will people like people in WoW are like they'll fucking DDoS you, dude. Like oh, they'll, they'll they'll well fuck yeah, dude. Yeah, yeah. People will <laughs> DDoS you. They'll DDoS the server that you play on. Oh yeah, that is a thing, especially in high end PvP in WoW. It's fucked up, dude. There, there's a there's a lot of toxicity in the high end Jesus. things in WoW, especially Mythic Plus, dude. And it's just gotten worse and worse. And, and I hate to say it, but it's because Blizzard designs the game in a way that perpetuates that type of attitude. So it's unfortunate, but that's the way that the game pushes people to act. So mm -hmm. until they get that figured out, it's never going to get better. Yeah. So, uh, anyway. One one more thing on the World Race. Uh, the one cool Please. thing about Final Fantasy XIV, and I, I, of course I love the World Race stuff because that's what I do, but uh, is that it is a World Race everyone starts at the same time and you don't know anything about the fights before like there's no alpha wow or like like beta that you play before you get into it you go into it not knowing anything about the fights and that sounds oh god damn it i'm <laughs> fucked uh <laughs> in world of warcraft it's not like yeah. that there's there's public test realm yeah there's so you can get in there and test bosses because blizzard won't pay internal testers like high quality i don't know why they don't i don't they're stupid Anyway, because um, they definitely have the money. Uh, Bobby Kotick's right. $100 million bonus. Um, uh, anyway, sorry. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, it's fine. Sorry. So uh, in, in, in that game, and then, and then everything gets uh, data mined. So everything, well, uh, all, you can see all of the mechanics for every single fight before it goes live on the game. You know, mm -hmm. every, you know everything. With the exception of sometimes the end bosses of certain raids will have a hidden mythic phase. That's... Um, that's encrypted so it can't be data mined and it adds a totally new phase and layer to the fight that you have to you have to see it to to plan for it mm -hmm. um so that's nice however uh yeah that's that's that was no, actually, no, no. That's i the mean there is there is some stuff with the rating scene where data mining exists but that you don't get that information until the patch drops like they can't even start well, investigating yeah that yeah, it comes before the patch in WoW, and not only can they data mine like fight mechanics and stuff, they can data mine cinematics and story stuff too. So <laughs> well. it's it's odd, dude. Data mining. Oh, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna oh, this is a hot this is a fucking nuclear take here. Data <laughs> mining should be against the fucking rules. Data mining should be against the rules of War World of Warcraft. It should be. Data mining should not be a thing. It spoils half the shit you're gonna see. You get to see the zone before it's out. You get to see all the spell abilities. You get to see all the fucking. Lauren's yeah. story spoilers. It's terrible. I, I wish data mining was against the rules. In any, the in way... any game, 
I, I'm the way... 100% again. You can't stop it because, like, if someone does it, they have the advantage. But, no, I think almost everybody would be happy if it would be impossible to data mine. Because then everybody's on the same level and everyone gets the exact Everyone same. except Wowhead because it's... Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> it's the only reason people go to their website. Sorry, oh, continue. Okay, fair, fair. Um, no, sorry. I'm just, I'm, just fucking around. I'm just fucking around. It's good. The way it happens here is you have about four hours. The patch goes live. You download the patch for like three or four hours later, it comes up. And during that four hours, there are people rushing to data mine stuff. And you can, you can get the story. You can get the new armor there, but, but it get because of the rush, it gets quarantined in this little bubble of people who just really need to do it in that four hours for some reason. And yeah. now Yoshida's like, look, if you want to do it, that's, that's good for you. You great for you. But if you use it to spoil other people, we're coming for you. Like, if you're ruining the experience of other people, we're coming for you. So, like, there are people who get banned. It's like using parsers. It's like using parsers. If you're using using a parser to improve your own performance, there are, like, world-top performers that are streaming with their parser up, but they're using it to improve only their own performance. But if then you go into a dungeon and you're harassing someone about their DPS, you're gone. Like, he's very... I like that a lot, dude. They're very oriented around making sure that you just don't ruin other people's experiences. Yeah. I and I I actually fucking love that because like I think that it's a, a a couple things happen. I think it makes me think more critically about my class and it makes me kind of think like how do these abilities actually interact with each other? It's not really about how much damage X or Y does. It's just more like how what's the synergy and how does it flow? And exactly. I, it's forcing me to really uh draw a deeper understanding of my class than if I could just look at a meter and go, "Oh, I'm doing good damage. It means I must be doing it right." Uh, DPS meters in WoW are almost required for like any content that well, you do. It is it is the most commonly downloaded add-on in the entire mm-hmm. game as a DPS meter, and it's yeah. fucking toxic, dude. It can be. I used to be hella toxic with it. Like I'd go into a raid and I would do in in a, in a twenty-five man raid, I would do like twenty percent of the raid's damage because warlocks fucking OP, mm-hmm. and I would like go in there with like max mythic gear and just flex, and I'd mm-hmm. like link link the damage and like there's a purple bar at the top it's like 20 percent warlock and like everyone underneath <laughs> and and it was toxic it was toxic like why you don't need to fucking do that and so yeah. i'm glad that my experience so far in ff has not included that uh it's actually made for really enjoyable like dungeon and uh and uh uh what what's a uh, trial experiences mm-hmm. because i'm not worried about looking at the fucking meter i'm worried about like when do I need to AM? Like, like, am I swapping my uh, etheric alignment properly? Like, mm-hmm. so I think and, it's a lot, a lot more fun. And that's a, like a good experience going through the game and everything else. I mean, when you get to the high end rating, people they're like, "What else do you care? You care about your damage?" And you're like, "Hey." And there's ways to do it, but they don't encourage those kind of add-ons and everything else. They they don't yeah. want that in there. But when you get to the really high end stuff, uh, a lot of that's just what it is. People it's care like you about kind of need it. Yeah. I mean, if you're, if you're trying to min-max an ultimate or a savage raid, like, I think being aware of how much damage you're doing is obviously, you know. Right. That's, that seems kind of almost imperative to me. It would kind of be shocking if they didn't use them. Yeah. So, uh, but the game overall doesn't care to support that type of stuff. So they don't include yeah. it in there, but. Yeah. Um, and I'm, I'm totally cool with that. I, yeah. All right. Well, I know it's we went good. completely off tangent here, but I wanted to at least steal you for a little bit good. of that conversation. Yeah. Um, so I'll, I'll say we can go and wrap it up now. Cause we are 23 minutes over that two hours. I mean, I feel pretty bad now, but, um, it's all good. 
While not. wrapping up, I do want to go ahead and give you guys both a chance to say any kind of shout outs or where people can find you and everything else or anything else you want to say to, you know, as the last party message of the, the conversation. Uh, and I'm actually going to start with uh, Pyro. Pyro, if you don't mind. Oh. All right, yeah, I can start with um, Moose if you want. You want, yeah, go yeah, for Moose, it. Moose, yeah. can you do uh, your last bits here? Yeah, you've done it before. <laughs> my last, my last bits is a shout out. I mean, like, just based on the conversation that we've had, I the only thing that's really on my mind is just a shout out to everybody who's joining in for conversations like this, who, who's kind of focusing on the joy of what it means to play this game and be a player in this game and welcome new players to this game, not spoiling stuff, not, you know, being a dick, that we're just sitting around having fun and finding ways to do that. So, like, that's who I'm shouting out to today is everyone who, like, contributes something to that today yeah absolutely and moose you don't stream you don't do anything you just kind of hang out on forms I bullshit on twitter and answer dms on discord and write for gamer escape and talk yeah. in the forums that's pretty much like i like again i just ended i end up these places by accident yeah <laughs> but there's his twitter if you guys want to follow him please that's like the the best path i think to get the boost at the moment i, fo uh, I followed you but I, I muted you so that i don't get spoiled <laughs> no, that's the right that's the right choice Just in case <laughs> that's probably a great decision like a lot of my twitter is shit posting but spoiler shit posting okay. so no i fully support you yeah okay yeah. when you're good, done good. you can unmute them and have those conversations true um, once we get yeah. To, yeah but uh pyro if you wouldn't mind any last words shout outs and more people yeah. find you all that good stuff Yes, yeah, so you can find me at uh, twitch.tv slash pyromancer. It's pretty straightforward. I'm in the chat. Yeah. Hi, 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 hi. Yeah. Um, you guys can find me there. I do have a Twitter as well, which is twitter.com slash pyromancer sarg. That's S-A-R-G. I I, yeah, if you, if you don't mind uh, yeah. throwing that in there. Um, I do tweet about World of Warcraft and some Final Fantasy stuff. Like when we get screenshots of new bosses, I put them on there and just kind of, you know, sometimes shit talk wow and say good things about Final Fantasy. So it's good. Um, yeah. I would say... Uh, Thanks to honestly anyone in the community that um, has made an effort to be, uh, like Moose said, welcoming and inviting and kind. Uh, I found my first day in Final Fantasy running around just because I had a sprite icon. People would give me little things, oh, yeah. you know, not people watching the stream, but just little stuff. Um, people are just super nice, and the fact that uh, that we're I'm able to come on here and talk with two people who are pretty well established in this community this early on, and that I've had the success streaming this game that I have. And, and that all in conjunction with the community has is just it's an experience that I've never had in any other setting, um, not in RuneScape, not in WoW, not in any game ever. Uh, and so I just wanted to say thank you guys for that. Uh, of course. Streaming and making YouTube videos for a long time for me was hard emotionally. It was mentally taxing. I, I, I w wasn't feeling uh, uh, inspired or anything, but playing this game and getting a new fresh experience with all of the people that have made that possible has been one of the most enjoyable and will become one of the most memorable experiences for gaming ever. So thank you guys uh, for, for being so awesome. Thank you guys for having me on here. Um, it is an absolute pleasure and an honor. And um, I look forward to, to seeing you guys around more. That's absolutely that's the plan right now. Anyway. Yeah. So, I, I'm, uh, I'm going to be encouraging you for the rest of your existence to keep playing through. So we're going to do more of these shows because you've been amazing on this show. Mm -hmm. uh, so thank you so much for coming on and uh, giving us a chance. Cause I mean, when I ask people to come on mock talk and they don't know when you're someone asks you randomly come on your podcast, you're like, uh, do I want to do this? It might not be good. Maybe it will. I don't know. Uh, yeah. I'm glad you, I understand. You had, I know. Yeah. I know. <laughs> I'm glad and, you uh, gave it a I chance here. 
delightfully surprised. I, I, I did have a good time. I um, appreciate the the loose format and and it's mm-hmm. it's been really fun. I, I've I've been on a couple of podcasts for World of Warcraft and they were not fun. You know, you, you <laughs> really? get a, you know, yeah, I mean, there was a time where like I was with someone and the host was literally messaging me on Skype while I'm in the middle of explaining something, telling me I need to hurry up and get to the next topic. And and that's a shitty experience. So yeah. don't ever become so fucking full of yourself that you're that guy. No, uh, no. but it was really fun. So thank yeah. you. you. To be honest with you, my, my theory behind it is having a good conversation, having fun with two people. And if people enjoy watching it, great. I don't care. I just want to have fun with the people on the show yeah. and make it's it enjoyable. Good time. Yeah. Hang out and um, chat and. Yeah, I like it. Yeah. Uh, well, it, guys, we are going to be back here next week as well. Uh, I know we're doing a lot of WoW conversations too uh, because I feel like that's an important thing to have that kind con- It's just a big conversation. Uh, and while we're waiting for us that have already kind of been at the end of the storyline and all the patches and everything else, we have five months before we get a new uh, bit of story within Walker. So we're kind of... Uh, finding these different pieces of conversation to have. Oh, only five months, huh? Yeah. Five oh. months? Oh, yeah. oh! I would have taken five months, no problem. Well, instead, we yeah. got nine. That's okay. It's yeah. fine. It's fine. It's fine. Uh, but yeah, no, and we're gonna have more of these coming up in the future. Um, uh, I do want to let you know next week we are having a conversation. I'm still putting that show together, but I do know it's going to be about <laughs> again the Final Fantasy 14 community and how they're kind of treating some of these uh, refugees and other people coming in. Uh, which we have Jesse Cox coming on to talk about that sub. Yeah, he's an awesome guy. He was in our Chuckabo race that we did uh, not too long ago for charity. Um, nice. So, and we might have some other people coming on as well, uh, but I'm holding off on that uh, until we get that confirmed. And then, um, yeah, that, that's a, that's about it. You guys, uh, follow the channel if you want to see more of this stuff. Follow it on Twitter, uh, Frosty TV stream. I don't care. I care more about the guests than me. Uh, you guys... Uh, I have one little Patreon credit video to show, and then after that we'll host somebody or we'll raid them or whatever we do. And I do want to do a special thanks to a few people, of course. Uh, Andre Kane from Let Me Use His Music at the beginning and intro uh, and the ending of the show. And also my wife, Kerr, who does who puts up with me doing this every weekend and wasting uh, you know a couple hours away from uh, our, our weekend together. And then... Uh, all the mods and chat, all the viewers, everything else. Guys, all have a wonderful time. Remember, be good, keep cool, stay frosty. And when I do this, everyone has to wave and say bye. So, Pyro, bye, say wave. Bye. <laughs> Later. There you go. Hey, oh, thank you for watching the show today. Uh, it was actually a lot of fun to learn about the new player experience and everything. I just wanted to go ahead and thank you all for watching. And I also want to go ahead and thank some Patreon supporters we got and uh, first, there's a few few communities that support the show. It's Akmarnin, and that's a great place for learning raid stuff. And then there's Team Craft, a great place for crafting stuff. Then there's Fae Temperance. It's a great place for doing competitive PvE stuff. They have an event coming up just in like uh, less than a month almost, it feels like. It's, so qu- it's, it's around the corner. And then we got some really cool people also helping support the show. Dude, it's Antonio. D Fury, Daniel H, Megan C, Nami, Psyche, and Tag. Now, now we got the show uh, is is over now. We got some credits to play. Uh, I, you know, I'm hanging out here uh, near the moon, and I'm excited. I'm I'm real excited to see you guys here in just a few months. So you know, be good, uh, keep cool, and uh, stay floppy. <laughs>